KUFO Portland. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. It is one minute and 15 seconds after the hour of five, and this the month of October in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not really ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is uh, Tuesday, and good morning to you. It's the Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Whimsy, including today, but not limited to... What is the name of the show, Tim? Richard, Richard Heaney, Science, Science Detective. Detective. It's catchy. Uh, so was he creating his own... TV theme songs to his own presumable TV shows. Shows that he would inevitably be offered someday because of his genius. Correct. And his flair for promotional skill. Right. And and to be fair, there there are thousands more who never got this much attention. Oh, that is... That is, and I think he's probably going to get more attention than he can conceivably deal with. And this the, uh, is how people go broke in L.A. and have to leave because <laughs> they have to pay to have all these theme songs recorded. Can I have this jingle put on my uh, on my my credit card? Exactly. All right. What about what about food stamps? Can I can I pay for a headshot with food stamps? So please pay attention is, to this me. This is in no way an isolated incident. <laughs> No, no, it's not. It is a cottage, another one of the cottage industries of L.A., designed to rip people off and push them to extremes. Not that we're recommending his type of behavior. This is nothing unusual. Sort of of the embittered voice of experience speaking from the uh, Alpha Broadcasting News Department this morning. Speaking of the embittered voice of experience, did you hear that uh, clip that uh, Anderson Cooper kept playing last night of the kid talking about Wolf Blitzer? God, what a, what a massive, raging sea Anderson Cooper is most of the time. But I don't think I can fit any more sound bites in today. Oh, I've, I've got it right here. It's not so much what the kids said, although that is funny. It's just the fact that Anderson Cooper just went at it like a, like a dog after a chew toy and played it like a hundred times in a row, sort of in manner of us. This is, this is Anderson Cooper talking to Erica Hill last night uh-huh. on AC360. And it's just sort of the way that he that he kind of sets it up, and then he plays it repeatedly. And it's the kid. Uh, it, this is during the same interview where the Heaney kid said, "You know, you said we did it for the show." It's, it's the you know this is a notorious interview. But this is Anderson Cooper setting up the clip and then playing it for Erica Hill. Erica, and a question that absolutely nobody, but nobody should have to ask. Nobody over age six, that is. Play that, please. This is Wolf. Hi guys. Who the hell is Wolf? That's me. I told you the hell is Wolf? I like the language oh, too. The and that's, and that's so he's so he seized on this clip last night and played it. What appeared to be relentlessly of the little Heaney kid. I guess at an earlier point in that interview, when they introduced Wolf Blitzer, the kid actually said, "Who the hell is Wolf?" I don't think the two get along. No, behind the scenes, no. I, I, I don't know what the bad blood is about. No, they don't. And I, I've actually got further proof of that. Let's see. Where did the where did where did my other Wolf Blitzer uh, clip go? So I've got this clip of Anderson Cooper talking about Wolf Blitzer being on Jeopardy, and so Anderson Cooper just puts together this big montage of Wolf Blitzer's wrong answers, and then plays it back to back. So it's like a hundred of Wolf Blitzer's wrong answers in a row. I don't have to play it now because it's got to be then played back to back with a second clip that he played later on in the show. So it's 
I've been sort of following the the ongoing undeclared war between Anderson Cooper and Wolf Blitzer for uh, for many many months, and going back all the way to the election. It's a good time to be alive. Uh, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program coming up later on this morning. We will talk to Owen Colfer, who is the author of the new Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book and another thing. And the uh, front of the book labels it thusly. It is part six of three. So that is coming up uh, later on today. Owen Colfer, who wrote the Artemis Fowl series and now is writing the new Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book, uh, the first to be written since the death of uh, Douglas Adams. So that's later on today. Don Taylor from Movies.com and Cinematical.com and Marco Gonzalez from TMZ.com. Also, a pair of tickets to the Sold Out Pussifer Show that is coming to the Roseland November 14th. You cannot buy them, not with all the gold in Babylon, uh, but you can win a pair of those today. You are uh, listening later on. It's 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. Also, a penis watch. And did you... Maybe I'm late to the party on this, but did you see this thing where somebody hacked Britney's Twitter account and posted the thing about her vagina? No, I no. did not. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't remember that, I think. They... How do I put this? Don't, Is it twitter.com slash Don't go looking it up. Don't okay. just, If it's gone now, I have a screen capture of it. And it may be, it looks like it may be from, from some time ago, but I can't imagine how we wouldn't have heard about it. Somebody hacked Britney Spears' Twitter account and then posted something. They posted as though they were Britney herself updating the world on the state of her vagina. Anyway, it's 503-228-4101. Good morning, Sarah Dillon. How are you? Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> I don't it's, think uh, there's any more curiosity about that part of the body from her. Well, see, yes, you, we've, we've all seen it all. You'd think that you'd know everything about it. How many it. times do you need to see it, really? Well, based upon the information that I was uh, that I was privy to via this Twitter post, there might be developments. Anyway, we'll uh, wow. we'll get to it. I'll post it later on uh, oh, today. Oh, so I went and saw the crappiest movie yesterday. I went and saw The Stepfather. <laughs> why, why would you do that? <laughs> because I was in the mood to see a movie. Oh. And uh, I don't know. It looked oh, no, like no. it might be. And I mean, because we, it has Patty Bennington or whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah, we had talked to Penn Badgley, and so I'm like, oh, maybe it's going to be good. It was terrible. Yeah, that opened at like number, th- you know, 75 at the box office. No well, one wants to see I that. I really love the original Stepfather. Yeah. So I was giving it the benefit of the doubt because Terry O'Quinn uh, is just like, you know, the creepiest thing ever. That's always a sign that a movie's going to be good when you liked the original. <laughs> well, there's absolutely no blood. And then after I got out, I realized it was PG 13. Oh, yeah. No, PG 13 horror movies are always crap. It was awful. Yeah, don't ever go to see those. It was just like, like, oh, he's smothering somebody, and that's yeah. about it. Yeah, well, I'm sorry you had to do that. Yeah, right, well. but Penn Badgley was nice to look at. Yeah, if you uh, want to text us, you can do that uh, as well. It's five two zero five one five two zero five one. You can uh, join us via the phone at five zero three two two eight four one zero one, or you can email it as Rick at rickemerson dot com. Rick at rickemerson dot uh, com. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth. This is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 5.07. It's going to be cloudy today. Highs near 60. That guy who terrorized a lower neighborhood over the weekend when he went on his personal crime spree has a long rap sheet. 26-year-old Billy Gein Ryan just got out of prison two weeks ago. He was in there for IT theft, forgery, and fraud. His first arrest came at the age of 18. Picked up over the weekend for robbery, menacing, burglary, allegedly trying to carjack a lady. Over the west side, three Westview High School students arrested for allegedly starting a fire in the park while smoking marijuana. They admit it quickly got out of hand and they didn't know what to do. Nobody was injured. So the latest, we need to, like, have there, a Heaney watch. There really does. There uh, needs to be some watching, sort of... Watching your own Heaney. There needs to be some sort of sounder for this because every single day... Every single five minutes, a news story comes out. I mean, you get in here around 3 a.m. and by the time we go on at 5... 
I mean, it's just a, it's a it's a it's a really it's a cornucopia. It's a bounty of uh, Heaney stuff every because day. the East Coast is open for business, so we get started early. So now the Denver Post reports that Heaney approached Jimmy Kimmel and asked for twenty five thousand dollars. In turn, Heaney would put Jimmy Kimmel's name on the side of a rocket and blast it into space. Now we do have uh, we do have some audio here from a video of him blasting a rocket into space. This is from uh, Richard Heaney, science detective. This is Heaney. That's not a crazy laugh at all. <laughs> wow. Oh, you gotta love it. You'll all kneel before me. It's wow. from Richard Heaney, science detective. Here's the theme song. Jesus. You wanna learn the mysteries of how things work. Weather, the planets, the whole universe. Tune into the show. It's really effective. Watch. Richard Heaney, science detective. Are we sure that Richard Haney isn't a morning show host? Because the really, he might as well. Maybe we can go home because everything's about him as, and not about us. As we hear more and more and more of this sound that he's put together, and as we hear more and more about these... The retarded stunts that he was that he was doing. Are we sure that he's not part of like some wacky wake up zoo morning crew breakfast flake show somewhere? Like maybe maybe like in Silmar, because this does this does all seem very familiar to me. As though we've worked with any number of people like this in the past. No, God Almighty! All right, Richard Heaney, science detective. Let's do uh, one more here, and then we'll uh, get caught up around the corner. Uh, this comes to us from Grand Forks, North Dakota. What is happening there? Police say a 37-year-old woman was watching pornography inside her home with the volume so loud it could be heard at a nearby elementary school by the children. <laughs> Lieutenant Grant Schiller said Nicole Edendorf's television was positioned so the images could have been seen by the youngsters. It had a freeze frame of what appeared to be a videotape or DVD tape. Of, a DVD uh, tape. Pornographic material. Uh, but then it was loud enough to where people in the public could hear it. That's just a lie. He's just making that up. There's no way you could be watching porn in your house so loudly that you can hear it at a school down the road. That just that doesn't make any sense at all. And even if you this could... in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Even in North Dakota, where everything is flat and there's nothing to get on the way but liquor stores, how is it possible that she could be watching porn and you could be seeing it at the school down the street? I mean, unless her TV is 100 feet high. That is true. You know, can I just tell you this? I actually had this for the first time. You see news stories about this occasion. I can't believe I didn't mention this. Um, you will see stories about this every now and again about some guy who gets pulled over uh, by the cops for this. I was driving by a guy the other day, and it wasn't like the flip-down DVD screens in the back, but it was like he had like an iPod-type thing, and it was mounted on his dashboard almost like a GPS, but it was clearly not a GPS. It was an iPod, and he was obviously watching porn while he drove. Ew. Which, well, I mean, I guess, but I you was actually... You gotta commend him, I suppose. I just kind of found it funny. Like, I just, because it's the first time I'd ever really experienced... I can't believe I didn't mention that. I just, it, was, it was, um... It was on, um... Not Hawthorne, but what's the street? Uh, by, it was on Division. So there was a guy in sort of an SUV, and he had this thing that was like an iPod, but it, it was right where you would position the the, um, uh, the GPS. And it was very... And we, you know, we sort of pulled up to... He was stopping to, to make a right-hand turn, so he had to decelerate. And he was very clearly just watching porn while he drove. 
Which does make you wonder, I mean, like, how, if there's some sort of a, an issue, like, if you can't even make a trip to the store without taking porn along with you, that does seem like you really need to reconsider your entertainment choices. Well, this uh, North Dakota woman uh, kicked the officer in the groin several times, spat in his face, and bit his arm. There was a brief struggle after, uh, upon her arrest, in which the officer was, uh, was assaulted during the arrest. Well, fantastic. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up at 6 o'clock, we'll have uh, Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler, uh, Owen Kofer, author of the new Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Book, coming up at 640. Don Taylor from Movies.com at 7. Marco Gonzalez from TMZ at 8 o'clock. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up later on this morning, Owen Colfer, author of the new Hitchhiker's Guide to the uh, Galaxy book that is at 640. Don Taylor from Movies.com at 7. And Marco Gonzalez from TMZ at uh, 8 o'clock. I'll say a pair of tickets for you to see Pussifer. And then today, so the uh, those real-world auditions, the open casting call for the real world is today from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's happening so excited. at Grand Central Bowl. So we're going to go down uh, beforehand and mock, uh, support, exploit. We're going to go down and ask questions of the assembled masses who have uh, gathered there with a uh, uh, hope, in their, uh, hope in their hearts and a dream in their souls. Could we audition for that? No. We're too old. No, we can't. <laughs> no, and you were the last one to pass that threshold, by the I way. I know. You were now five years past the cutoff point for MTV. What was the cutoff point for being oh, on so, TRL? So you're at, uh, at VH1 25. age now. That's that's oh, right. No. But 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 you and I are VH1 classics. Yes, I'm still. Yes, uh, the I am the I am VH1 classic. Sarah is VH1. Really, no one here is still of the uh, no. Maybe of the it was MTV 23. Age. I think when, it, the cutoff date was 23, and I was 25. When you were on TRL, so you were two years past the cutoff point to be in the TRL audience, and then your friend Jenny was how old? She was like twenty eight, but she looked. But she looked young. I yeah. mean, she she was able to pass for that uh, for that age, as I guess were you. Um, did you guys pass yourself off as a couple? No, but we looked like a lesbian. I mean, you couple. did you? Well, because my friend Jenny is a lesbian. Very did, she, yes, very obviously. She. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, just I'm just like look. I mean, she looks like Will Wheaton. I mean, there's just no getting past it. I mean, there's just no. I'm not trying to knock her. She's a cute girl, but I mean, you look at her and she just screams, "Hi, I'm gay." So I mean, it's. It, no, but you so guys, I looked, like, I looked like her very effeminate girlfriend. But that's the thing. Is like I think that probably uh, that probably played a big part in the fact that they let you guys onto the show because oh, they wish to look. Diverse. No, and they kept so forth. moving us when we were on TRL. Like every time they'd, because they changed the camera to make the room look bigger, mm-hmm. and then they move you around every time. Was so the like, room tiny? Was it a small studio? It's a small studio, and it's just like everyone's sitting in a circle, and then every commercial break they'd move you around depending on how enthusiastic or how. Did you say they came in? You were. <laughs> Lesbians to the front, please. Yeah, that, that's the way they do it in every show. I, I was removed from a show for too much enthusiasm once. <laughs> not being quite lesbian enough. Did you say that the uh, that they would come and boot people out if they weren't uh, oh, yeah, applauding? If they weren't enthusiastic enough, they'd get kicked out. You, out! But for some reason, they took a shining to Jenny and I, and they just kept moving us around to the front of the room every time. So you'd just be sitting there clapping for, like, whatever Britney Spears. Where is that still? Do you have the, you have the screen capture, mm-hmm. right, of you on TRL. You should post that today. Okay, of, I'll find uh, it. And I have the, I think I actually have, it's funny that you use the phrase, uh, let's see, hold on a second, where the hell did this go? Seems like I have a, uh, wait, 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 right here. We were a yeah. lesbian couple. There you go. That's, I think, what? that is you <laughs> describing that incident 
And I, using the same so phrase. Yeah. When, what year would that have been? 2006? 2005, I think. So 2005, this is you talking about you and Jenny being on TRL. Don't ask me why I keep, we all know why I still have this. We were a yeah. lesbian couple. There you go. That's uh, awesome. That's uh, right next to this. Super itchy and it sucks. All right. What? I, uh, wait, one more. Screw you, Andy Dick. <laughs> all right. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. And because I don't want to be accused of teasing this and never paying it off, so I've posted this at my, uh, at RickEmerson.com and then my Facebook page. I don't know when... This may have been from yesterday. This might have been 10 years ago. I have no idea. But somebody apparently got into Britney's... Somebody got into Britney's Twitter. Uh, somebody, got into, somebody got into Britney's Twitter account. Super itchy and it sucks. Anywho. Uh, and they posted this Twitter update as though they were Britney Spears. And it just says... I'm just going to read this as it was posted. I don't know when this is from. But this is from Twitter.com slash Britney Spears. And it says, Hi, y'all. Brit here. Just wanted to update you on the size of my vagina. It's about four feet wide with razor sharp teeth. There you go. That's the uh, latest update to Britney's uh, Twitter page. That's razor sharp teeth. At the uh, news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. From the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. I mean, that's just news. I can't be blamed for passing that along. People have to know. I mean, that seems like a public danger. Here's Tim Riley. I thought Greg Nibbler talks about public dangers. I'm sorry? Greg Nibbler talks about public We'll put that in the new KUFO PSA, the, uh, the We Care A Lot thing. Stay away from Britney's vagina. It's razor sharp. Here's Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 528. It's going to be cloudy today. Highs near 60. 19-year-old Nick Edwards is a hero. After pulling a woman from a car engulfed in flames, he came across the wreckage while driving along Highway 22 in Marion County and sprang into action, braving the heat and flames. He couldn't get the door open, so he smashed the window with his foot, pulled away the broken pieces with his hand, reached in and pulled 21-year-old Destiny Edwards to safety. After it was all over, she was ticketed for drunk driving. Where was this? Uh, Highway 22, Marion County. Oh, so this is so this is actually here. This is not like somewhere else. So no. we actually it was a it was a story of hometown bravery. Yes, hometown bravery. Here's the thing I wonder about: Has MythBusters ever done that thing where they talk about the, uh, uh, you know, it's like you, the, the the superhuman strength that, uh, as they say in the beginning, the Incredible Hulk, trying to tap into the superhuman strength that all people have, where you like lift up the car or whatever because like your kid's on fire underneath or something. Has that ever been explored on one of those sort of science shows? Because you hear about that stuff all the time. And that's what, that's, that's what I thought you were going to talk about here because I'm just, I think I'm predisposed, because of the Incredible Hulk, I'm predisposed to assume that every time somebody comes upon a car accident, that it ends with them lifting the car above their head like Jor-El style. As a matter of fact, I think I know who might have investigated this. When you learn Thank the you. Is that him singing, or did he pay jingle people? I feel to... like it's him and his wife. <laughs> See, but th I don't think that's her at the end. That doesn't sound at all like her. It does kind of sound like him. It sounds like he's oh, done... Oh, I assumed it was him. It sounds like him. I, like he's singing his own... Is that from YouTube? Is this from a television series that Richard Heaney himself is creating on the internet? This is not from YouTube. This is from another source. God, I can't even imagine. I mean, his whole thing must have just been... 
that he I mean and who can blame him this is this is the way that uh, this is the way that show business works where you just try one thing after another after another after another and then if none of them work you use your kid and you send him across country like uh, Natty Gan but in a balloon well the worst part about it is i mean you often hear people in Hollywood, by themselves, having enough problems. Never mind in Hollywood, starving with three kids. Well, that's—I mean—that's the other thing. Is I can't even imagine what it was like to live with his nutcase dad, who was just constantly like blowing the family's fine. I mean, what did he do for a living? Is my question. He, uh, let's see, he did tile work. I mean, that, that. First of all, he wasn't a scientist. He only graduated from high school. Well, one one didn't go to college to actually be, uh, you know, to be a scientist. Right. I mean, I guess to be documented as a scientist, Correct. but to have a grasp of right. some sort of, uh, you know, kind of science knowledge. It seems like you only have to have the desire to learn. But that being said, it doesn't seem like tiling could pay a whole lot. I, has anybody looked into how in debt he might have been? Because I'm we thinking it's massively. So I am just. Oh, my, I would have, yeah, I mean, you can get massively in debt to the tune of. One person bought $50,000 a year just trying to keep up with things living there. That's for one person. Never are you, mind. Are you just picking that number out of thin air, Tim? Uh, no, I, I know of uh, <laughs> several people. Do you? Not myself. Of course not. I have several actor friends. But Well, that's the thing. It, it just becomes And I this, know that their debts were covered by other people. And it becomes a keeping up uh, with appearances thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I'm just going to tell you but right now. bare minimum. If I, if I had, if I moved to, the, to L.A., which is, of course, this is not going to happen at this point, that, uh, you know, that, that time has passed. But were I to move to L.A., the first thing I would do would just be uh, attempt to become somebody's kept man. I don't care. who. It doesn't matter. I mean, some old guy to Kathleen Turner. What? Doesn't, what you know, you? one of those weird real sex couples well, what, what that wants like say, a third person no, to marry. What, what you see is true, and I've known several people who have done that. There's no shame to be, there's nothing... No shame in being a kept man, Sarah. Let's uh, not have any illusions about that. The I'm just, but that's that's why people do it, right? When you hear these uh, you know actresses or actors who move to L.A. and the first thing they do is they find some wrinkled Samuel B. Mayer guy to to live with, or some Mormon who tells his wife he's away on business trips when he's hanging around West Hollywood. Or that, sure. It's 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, we have more news from Tim Riley coming up at 640. Owen Colfer, author of the new Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book. Don Taylor from Movies.com. Marco Gonzalez from TMZ. And further updates on the state of Britney Spears' vagina. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Book anyway. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. One has a big tattoo on the right side of his face. Both are heavy set morons. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Are we sure that Greg didn't find time to sing the, uh, the Richard Heaney, the science detective jingle as well? I think you've sort of become the voice of KUFO. It's like every third spot we hear on the air is your voice. It was this diabolical plan. Well, now what are you going to do? It's 503-228-4101. And for something other than, like, scabies, too. It's 503-228-4101. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. You can also text if you like. It is 52051. Or you can email rick at rickemerson.com. Inexplicably enough, more Greg Nibbler coming up at the top of the hour uh, with Ball Talk. Uh, Owen Colfer, who is the author of the new Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book. And another thing coming up at 640. Don Taylor from Movies.com at 7 and at 8 o'clock. Marco Gonzalez from uh, TMZ.com. Plus, you're uh, shot at a pair of tickets to Pussifer. The show is the 14th. It's sold out, but we got a pair of passes that we'll be uh, giving you at uh, some point today. And then, uh, I don't know if we have time to do this now. Probably not. we have to do this later on in the program. 
But yesterday, we were fortunate enough to have uh, Alice Cooper on toward the end of the show, around 845. So you can hear that uh, via podcast at KUFO.com. But we were talking about it yesterday after the program. We realized we have to update our guest list because, well, first, because like half the people on Tim's list are dead, I think. Um, and I've managed to speak with Alice Cooper, which means I've got at least one slot open. And I don't even remember who the third person was on your list. It was like Jim Steinman and Luke Perry and somebody else. I think it was Bob Dylan. Maybe. I'm pretty uh, sure. See, was it Bob know. Dylan or did you decide you didn't really want to talk to him no, because actually, it would only be disappointing? I don't want to talk to him. Because it would just, like, as soon as you spoke with him, you realized, like, you, you felt that as soon as you spoke with him, it would just, uh, it, you would be, you know, it would be ruined for you because he's probably a dick. So maybe it would be um, Jim Steinman or Meatloaf. See, but I, the third person wasn't Meatloaf. It was Jim Steinman who kind of wrote, you know, writes that stuff. I think you may have put Meatloaf on the list, but then you decided that that was impossible as well. Like, we just decided it was one of those things that couldn't happen. Yeah, my friend was married to his daughter, and I heard that Meatloaf was kind of a jerk. Really? Yeah. So right. I, don't, I don't need to know anything more about that. He needs to live magically in my head. That's the, uh, he just needs to remain a, uh, a meaty figment of yes. your imagination. Anyways, we have to update that at some point. So maybe uh, later on today. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 544. It's going to be cloudy today. Highs near 60. Well, meatloaf is in the news. A man impersonating the loaf was arrested in Ohio over the weekend. Eric Brown was arrested after he grabbed the wheel of a moving taxi cab. Brown was dressed in a vampire costume and claimed to be meatloaf dressed as a vampire. What? Okay, now that's actually a stroke of genius. Not just pretending to be a celebrity, but pretending to be a celebrity in costume. <laughs> because then it becomes harder to verify, right? Mm-hmm. That's like if I were to say that I would, well, that doesn't make any sense. I, I can't, I, I was going to say something meatloaf oriented. That didn't really work for me anyway. But it's, but it's like a, we had a story a while back about a guy pretending that he was the, he was trying to pass himself off as being like the bass player for Chicago, which is great because who knows what the bass player for Chicago looks like? I mean, who even knows the name of the bass player for Chicago? Who knows anybody that's in Chicago anymore? And it's because it's not Peter Cetera. I think that guy's been gone for, uh, for years. He's just some, the roving pack of nitwits. So that's actually kind of great. But that's happened to me before. When, when somebody uh, tried to impersonate a, uh, a celebrity who was dead but claimed that he was still alive. Uh, I'm he, confused. Well, I'm riding on a bus, and this guy comes up to me and says, you probably never heard of me, but I'm Wally Cox. He was the voice of Underdog. <laughs> so he pulls out Wally Cox's resume and, and goes over, and this is what I did. Wow, it's great to meet you, Mr. Cox. I was I was a fan of Underdog, that cartoon way back in the 70s. Who initiated the conversation? He did. He just came up to you on a bus mm-hmm. and said, Hi there, you may remember me. I am Wally Cox, the voice of Underdog. Uh-huh. And he pulls out his resume, and sure enough, it's all his credits. So I... Do you suppose so then the, I got up, I just met Wally Cox on the bus. And my friend, that's impossible. He's been dead for 20 years. That's awesome. Do you suppose that the real Wally Cox, I mean, presuming he had been alive at the time, would carry around a resume showing that he was, in fact, that guy? Or be, But it's possible because, you know, he had his stardom way back. Had he been still alive and hadn't worked for 20 years. Was he asking, was this an aid of something? Was he looking for money? No, he wasn't. He was explaining his life to me on on a bus with his resume, claiming he was Wally Cox, the voice of Underdog. Were you kind of sad for him that it, would, it, had, it had come to that, that he was actually riding around in a city bus showing his resume to strangers? But I'm thinking, this is the most fascinating bus ride I've ever taken, so it did make my day. But after I got off the bus and talked to someone and found out it couldn't possibly be him that he'd been dead for several years, I did feel even worse. Maybe this is like some sort of a, maybe this is like a Sixth Sense Twilight Zone thing, where it really was Wally Cox, it's just that he didn't know he was dead. 
or he was in some sort of a, like a purgatory or a spirit prison kind of a thing. And so his his punishment was, you know, with, he had to ride the bus, you know, uh, for like a hundred years showing his resume to people. Mm-hmm. You know, like he had to convince 75 people that he was, in fact, the voice of underdog, and then he would be allowed entrance into heaven. All right. But well, I just thought I'm it was strange place. I'm just saying it's like, it's just bizarre. Why would you ever, how long ago was this? Uh, let's see, this would have been about 12 years ago. Okay, but see, even then, that guy, I mean, that, that was an old reference. In other words, underdog, even 12 years ago, saying you were underdog was not like a really a current you know, there wasn't. Really, it's not like saying you're on uh, you're on you know Metalocalypse or something. It's, mm-hmm. it's not like a current uh, a current show. But of all the people on the bus, he decided that I would probably be the one to believe it. And was this correct. in L.A., Tim? Yeah, it Did, was in Santa Monica. When I was in L.A., somebody uh, told me that they they lied and said that they were the drummer for the Outfield. Really? <laughs> yep. See, that's but that's genius though. It was because so I have random. no idea who the drummer out, for the Outfield is. Pull out his exactly. resume and point out all his no no cur- resume. <laughs> Did you make him uh, say something as underdog? No, I didn't because he never stopped talking. Oh, I said, well, he didn't want to give you a chance to serve. He wanted to give the game away mm-hmm. because if you'd, if you'd, uh, you know, if you'd been given a chance to speak, you might have requested that he. Does underdog have a catchphrase? No. There was no underdog catchphrase. Did, did underdog? He never did. did he did. He have some um, some sort of specific verbal tick or tell. I don't remember that much about underdog to be honest. Wait, and probably most people don't, which it, is why you could get away with that. Channel, yeah. Wow. All right. The drummer for the outfield, really? Yeah. This guy told us that he was the drummer for the outfield and kept trying to get us to buy him drinks at um, the Rainbow. Now here's a. Now do you know that he wasn't the drummer for the outfield? He wasn't because uh, I was with my friend Lisa and we looked him up when we got home because we were all excited and like. We actually took pictures with him and stuff, and then I, I checked it out. Please tell me you kept the photos. Oh, no, we have them. That is so great. This you is from a- some, like, toothless freak from Britain who was just, like, claiming to be the drummer from Outfield. See, I'm wondering, I'll see, in the, but I don't think they're from Britain. That's the thing. I think the Outfield, yeah. uh, Outfield who had the 1980s hit Your Love, um, so I think they are actually from Australia, but I might be wrong about that. I wonder if any of us could get away with that. I mean, you know, who is it? We should it? each pick random bands to be from. You could say you're an Everclear. Who really knows at this point? I mean, it's like, I mean, maybe you are. You might be, actually. I mean, is a, you, that's Aren't one of those. I? <laughs> that's where you get one of those envelopes. You may already be a winner. You may already be the new bass player for Everclear. All right. Well, in any event. Well, uh, let's get back to talking about real people from the Northwest. Yes, here's Tim Riley. From our own backyard. From Elmo, Washington comes word. A man has been jailed for investigation of incest with his daughter. The 37-year-old man and his adult daughter uh, reportedly were into this. The father engaged in acts involving bondage and fantasy during the summer. The uh, sheriff calls the relationship somewhat dysfunctional. Wait a minute. No, no, no. So we can't move off of this so quickly. So the dad is how old? 37? 37. 37. She's an adult? That's what it says here. So an adult, well, that means at least 18, I guess. At least 18. He was 19 at least? But did this begin when she was an adult, does it say? It says during the summer, so I would imagine it's this past summer. It was summer loving. It happened so fast. Mm-hmm. So there's no indication that it started when she was uh, when she was no. much younger. So maybe no, they, you know, so at least they waited until she was an adult, so it would be more proper. Where is Alma, Washington? It says Grays Harbor County. Where's Grays Harbor County? I don't. I've know. never even heard of that. You know, I feel like I'm. Uh, I feel like I. Th- th- I must sound like I'm pretending to be from Washington at some point because I don't know where half the cities are. I mean, I lived there for 20 years. I have no idea where half well, these towns most are. Most of the cities have weird names you can't pronounce. They're full of extra vowels. Well, well a lot of eastern Washington gets confusing. Well, because it's all just like hick farmland, right? I mean, unless some guy unless some guy is killed, killed having relations with a horse, well, like when would you ever, you know, like Enumclaw. When would you ever have heard of Enumclaw if it hadn't been for Kenneth Pinion? 
I mean, same thing with Ellensburg. The only reason I know, or Wenatchee, any, the, the only reason anybody ever hears of any of these towns is because something horrible and perverse and criminal Well, you know there. by just the name, there are funny crime stories coming out of these places. <laughs> no, that's true. So, so they got arrested for this? Well, yeah, she turned her dad in. All right. Oh, well, so maybe it wasn't consensual. Maybe it was a sort of... Uh, well, maybe she had second thoughts. Maybe. All right, here's Tim Riley. So the latest we have, uh, this out of a Denver TV station, authorities investigating the Bloon Boy family said charges are not expected to be filed for at least next week. They do not anticipate finishing the reports and presenting them to the district. In the meantime, the uh, attorney for all these people is getting, uh, well, a little upset. If they have probable cause to make an arrest, make an arrest. All you have to do is get on the phone, call me, sheriff's department, say, we've got a warrant. Uh, can your clients show up at our office in 10 minutes? And I'll say they'll be there. End of story. If they don't have probable cause, then leave them alone. So is this a lawyer that the guy that Richard Heaney himself picked? Or is this... Well, it must I, yeah, be because guess, he hasn't yeah. been... Can't be a public defender because no. he hasn't been charged. He sounds kind of smarmy and hot. Yeah, yeah. Nah, he sounds. Uh, he sounds like a guy who uh, probably knows. I think he must know the jig is up, but uh, but he's trying to milk it for as much publicity as he possibly can. By the way, we'll play this again. This is uh, this is Anderson Cooper pointing out that the Heaney kid, right before he revealed the whole thing by saying we did it for the show, didn't know who Wolf Blitzer was. Erica, a question that absolutely nobody, but nobody should have to ask. Nobody over age six. That is, yeah. play that, please. This is Wolf. Hi, guys. Hey, hi. Who the hell is Wolf? That's me. I told you guys. <laughs> Who the hell is Wolf? I like the language, oh, too. And that's, that's... <laughs> so, I teased this earlier. I should play it now. This is Anderson Cooper talking about Wolf Blitzer's appearance. I say recent. It was a couple weeks ago. But this is uh, Wolf Blitzer was on CNN and did badly, by the way. I mean, he did he did like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar badly. But this miss one. I think, I think he actually ended the show in debt. Because if you're really bad on Jeopardy, you can, uh, you know, you can kind of get below the zero line. So if you keep missing questions, you actually then have to get a whole bunch right before you can even break even. So this is Wolf Blitzer uh, on Jeopardy missing a whole bunch of things. And Anderson Cooper has helpfully just had all of the wrong answers edited uh, together. Well, apparently, uh, Erica God did not have a plan for Wolf Blitzer Ooh, on Jeopardy. Ouch. Yeah, he went on Jeopardy and it wasn't pretty. Take a look. The name of this pasta, similar to penny, means little mustaches. Doesn't sound so tasty now. Wolf. What is fettuccine? Nope. I'm informed that you put an S on Julia Child's name. It's Julia Child. Oh. What is a defendant? Nope. Anodated? No. Nope. What is a crash? Nope. Jerusalem? No. Nope. Wolf, things have not worked out as well as you would <laughs> hope for, I'm sure. Oh, poor Wolf. Did he call Ouch. you for counseling ahead of time? Well... <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Um, yeah, that made me laugh. Uh, no, he did not. Uh, you know, it's really all about timing and pressing the button. So I'm sure it wasn't about actual information. It wasn't about knowledge. <laughs> he's such a bitch. He is just. He is just. He really is. I mean, I love Anderson Cooper, but he's just so unbelievably um, uh, such a bitch. <laughs> he really is. I mean, there's just no. There's no way to get around it. I mean, when he actually says, it would be one thing if he, look, if he had just edited together all of Wolf's missed answers on Jeopardy mm -hmm. and said, boy, he's a goof. He doesn't know anything. That would be fine. I mean, that would be one thing. But then at the end, he has to tag it uh, with that line where he says, well, it's all about timing. Uh, I'm sure it had to do with pressing the button, Erica, not with actual knowledge. Which, of course, implies he thinks it has everything to do with actual knowledge. And here's how you know, because they immediately follow it up with, 
Do you know that's, that's very generous no. of you, Mr. Cooper, Mr. Jeopardy champion. Well, I, yeah. I don't well, know if you, you remember, remember. But, but, but look at this little bit of tape we found. Sanders and oh, Cooper on Jeopardy. Excellent. Oh. This diva seen here was renowned for her romance with Aristotle Onassis. Anderson. Who's Maria Callas? Correct. What is Germany? West Germany. Correct. Who's Archie Bunker? <laughs> He's the one. Canada's right. That's it? That's it. Yes, indeed. You're the leader and the winner today, and that means your charity, Anderson Cooper, gets $50,000. All about yeah. chiming in the buzzer, huh? <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah, it's, you know, uh, what can I say? I'm a Jeopardy champion. You are. I'm hoping to come back this year. They told me I might be able to come back on this year. I'm really? going to avenge Wolf Blitzer on Jeopardy. I look forward to that. Maybe yeah. Wolf Blitzer then could come back with his band and he could play the Jeopardy theme song for you. That would be good. The Monkees, the original Monkees. Yeah. So there you go. So, Anderson Cooper, ladies and gentlemen. It's 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. And the way they edited that together, too, where it's like Anderson Cooper striking that one heroic pose that he has that they have all over, have all over the CNN building. It's like every time he would click the buzzer, too, he would look into the eastward sun to be blinded by his own knowledge. Straight ahead, ball talk with Greg Nibbler. Don't go anywhere. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101, KUFO. KUFO, Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101 right here at Rock 101 KUFO. You can also text if you like at 52051 or you can email. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Coming up later on this hour, Owen Colfer, author of the new Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book and another thing. Don Taylor from uh, movies.com and cinematical.com at 7 o'clock. And at 8 o'clock, Marco Gonzalez from TMZ. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on your Tuesday morning. Well, it's a busy morning. Attorney David Lane compares Richard Heaney to Richard Jewell. Remember him? Richard Jewell, really? That security guard? That's the uh, guy that they accused of being... He's that Ned Beatty-looking guy that they yeah. accused of being the bomber of the Olympic Village in Atlanta. And uh, he says if uh, if his client Heaney is arrested in front of the kids, it'll be child abuse. Matt Lowe, as a lawyer, is putting the kids on TV to lie. Child abuse also? We'll also have uh, another Richard Heaney theme song. We have two of them this morning. In case you missed it early, we'll play that again. And we have another one, and we understand he, uh, let's see. He worked with a composer named Smokey Miles to come up with these themes in, Smokey in Miles. 2005. That's fantastic. Are these for his many uh, never-realized television series? They are. Excellent. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. It's time for another exciting edition of Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler on The Rick Emerson Show. I'm Greg Nibbler. Let's talk balls. In Major League Baseball news, the Angels beat the Yankees last night, so the Yankees are now ahead 2-1 to one in their series. They play another game today. And the Phillies are one win away from the World Series after coming back in the ninth inning and beating the Dodgers. They're now up 3-1, to one, probably a shoe-in to go to the World Series this year. Uh, in boxing news, uh, President Obama is considering pardoning Jack Johnson. Now, Jack Johnson was a huge boxer back in the early 1900s, the first black boxer to basically beat up all the white dudes. And uh, he was, of course, not very well liked for this in the South. And he was imprisoned for 10 months at one point for dating a white woman. And uh, apparently the Justice Department lawyers at the time argued that it was a crime against nature for him to have a sexual relationship with a white woman. And there was a, a resolution passed by, actually, John McCain was... Uh, 
pushing this to posthumously pardon Jack Johnson for this thing, and Obama is considering uh, making this into a, making this an actual act today. If he does it, because Obama's just the smoothest guy on earth, if he does it, he should totally have John McCain on stage with him, and then do you know, or whenever they have the announcement, he'd have him behind the podium, just do sort of a joint thing with McCain, because Obama is just uh, because he's just got such a good sense of uh, of how to play those things visually for the camera. Oh, that yeah. would be awesome. Yes, absolutely, and I would not be surprised if we tried to pull something like that off. Uh, everybody's uniting together. And uh, in NBA news, Utah is at Portland tonight in a preseason game. In the NFL, the Broncos beat the Chargers last night. The Broncos are now um, unbelievably 6-0. and The NFL trade deadline is also today, and there are rumors going about that uh, Chicago might be getting T.O., and Brady Quinn might possibly be leaving Cleveland. So if we have some breaking news on that this morning, we'll let you know. And uh, here's some public urination news. <laughs> Uh, Pittsburgh Steeler Matt Spath. He's the backup tight end. Well, apparently after their game on Sunday, he was standing out. Uh, they, well, they went to a bar near the Steelers stadium, and he decided to urinize outside of his SUV. Urinize. Urinize. Is that like a superpower? What? Does he have like a device on his belt that lets him do that? Did it's you really urinizing. Urinize. Yeah. No. Urinize. Beep, beep. <laughs> no. And so uh, Matt Spath. He. Uh, he, he did this outside of his car, and the police officers noticed this and walked up to him. Urinizing. He's urinizing. And, uh, Is that walk- like when you got some sort of unpleasant leakage from you your tear ducts? Urinize? I don't know. You got it's a like bad the white trash version Never. of urinate. Bad case of urinize, urinize Bob. We'll go urinize on that. Oh, All right. Okay. Anyway, uh, so anyway, the the cops approached him and uh, asked him what he was doing. Well, at that point, uh, Steelers kicker Jeff Reed, who was a big time player, he got out of the car and apparently was upset that they were uh, harassing Matt Spath for urinating outside of his car, and he curled his fists at the police officers, which they promptly did not like, and arrested him and charged him with assault. So. So he was released at the scene by uh, b- two family members. Jeff Reed was. You have pulled. an odd way of speaking. You're really weird. <laughs> Why? But you're he not curling his fist. He curled his fist. That, that sounds like says. he's striking a no, ballet pose. No, literally. Okay, urinizing. I, I added that my my own. Urinizing. <laughs> Journalistic. Uh, Quit to the urinizer. But no, that actually says on here, def- he got out of the SUV to defend his teammate and curled his fists. Not like clenched his fist or formed a fist, it but says curled, curled his, his fist. fist. I'm only reporting what By was definition, reported. a fist cannot be curled. A fist is when your hand is already in well, a I'm curled not, I'm position. I'm not arguing about that. I'm just reporting what was written here. That's like saying you... <laughs> Look at Tim. That's like twisting a pretzel. <laughs> like it's, uh, no, but see, you're twisting your hand. You can't actually tw- curling a fist well, can't about, be done. What about the term fist curl? That's a, that's used. Okay, but no, I don't think it is though. Not <laughs> with his fist. But you curl. can clench a fist, like you can have. In other words, you can kind of clench it down tighter. But I think to curl a fist, I think that's linguistically speaking. I don't think that's the well, phrase they're uh, like looking for. Like I said, for. I'm only reporting what was on here. That was no oh, okay. journalistic integrity of mine. Okay. Okay. Says so in, in quotes, curled his fists. I will not back down from After that. After the urinizing. After the urinizing. When you say that people say urinizing. I, well, see, now, urinizing, you've, you've never heard the white trash term urinizing? No, no one has. Okay. No, I think I think people have. Perhaps perhaps I grew up a bit more rural than you. Okay. Um, anyway, as, now, now I don't even know where I'm at here anyway. Anyway, Jeff Reed was arrested. He was was released at the scene uh, for public intoxication and resisting arrest and assault, and uh, Matt Spath was arrested for public urination. Okay. <laughs> that concludes this edition of Baltar. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101.
4101 The Rick Emerson Show continues next with more news from Tim Riley. Coming up at 640, Owen Colfer, author of the new Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book and another thing. 7 o'clock, Don Taylor from Movies.com. Marco Gonzalez from TMZ at uh, 8 a.m. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. I've never seen any of the Star Wars movies. Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503 228 4101-503-228-4101. Somebody sent me a, uh, a Facebook message just now. It says, uh, hey, is a diehard Kiss fan. I'm surprised I haven't heard you talk about the new record. Uh, you haven't said anything about the new Kiss album. I would think uh, you would have listened to it, would have presented your entire review by now. I will say this. The new Kiss record is actually pretty great, but that's not the thing that comes to mind when I when I say the word Kiss right now. I was I think I mentioned this yesterday that I went to Walmart over the weekend for the sole purpose of looking at the Kiss Corner which is this sort of vast swath of Kiss merchandise that Gene Simmons has put together because that's what he does. And it was not disappointing. I was not let down by the Kiss corner. I walked in, and the first thing you do is you have to navigate your, all the way to the, you know, your way all the way to the back of the Walmart because that's sort of, it's in the back, it is in the back sort of quadrant of the store where all that stuff is put together. And you cannot miss it because it is just the Kiss logo as far as the eye can see. The first thing you will spot when you walk up to the Kiss corner, and you're, because I think Walmart is the only place that they're selling the new Kiss record. I think it's uh, the Kiss record and like a DVD and a greatest hits thing or whatever, and it's kind of all bundled together. The first thing you're going to spot is the, pa- the whole set of the Kiss Mr. Potato Head dolls. And I swear to Christ I'm not making that up. That is, I mean, that's like, a, that's got its own display that is actually bigger than the display for the record. Where you will actually see four Mr. Potato Head dolls. Each of them is one of the classic Kiss characters. You did can, you buy them all? I, no, 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 I didn't. I almost did. Because you can get all four for $10. And I very nearly did. But uh, at the last moment, I just, look, I've already got the Kiss, like, bathtub rubber duck things. And it, at a certain point, you, you just have to draw the line. Uh, you know, even for Gene, I will say this. The one thing that I very nearly purchased uh, when I was at the Kiss Corner at the Walmart was not the uh, Kiss Mr. Potato Head dolls. It was not the Kiss incense. It was not the Kiss scented candles. It was not bedspread. They they didn't have a bedspread, but they had. Here's the funny thing: they had collective everything from Kiss's collectible, of course. It was the Kiss collectible throw, which I think is like a little rug. Isn't like is a throw like a bedspread or like a little? It's like a little blanket or something. But they had a collectible throw. Right next to that, they had the Kiss M&Ms, which are sort of awesome. Because, it, I mean, they're regular. They are branded M&Ms from the M&Ms company. But they're black uh, and white. And they have on one side the M. So, they, you know, the white ones have black ink and vice versa. On one side is the M. The other side is one of the Kiss faces. Like, just the sort of makeup. Let me ask you this, just as a little quiz. These packages of Kiss M&Ms, which I would say, I would say the amount of M&Ms inside the Kiss M&Ms package is equivalent to probably a package and a half of regular M&Ms. How much would you expect to pay for that? Two fifty. That'd be six dollars, wow. Sarah. Oh, there you go. God, I think that's too much. God love Gene Simmons, but I, uh, I just could not bring myself to do that. There's just, uh, there's just no way. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. 
the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth. This is Tim Riley. Good morning. It is 6.28. It's going to be cloudy today. Highs about 60. A plaid pantry clerk is seeing stars after a deranged robber whacked him over the head with a gun and robbed him at the store at Southeast Holgate and 52nd. Swine flu vaccines already running out in some Oregon clinics. Clackamas County all out. Washington County already pushing back its availability dates. Meanwhile, H1N1 continues to take its toll. Oregon State University said... It already has 200 students. Wait a minute. This, now, I was to understand they didn't even have it here yet. How can they be out? They did have a little bit, but they ran out. Didn't we have they this discussion the other day about, the, about when we were going to be able to get our, uh, our, uh, our swine flu vaccines or the nasal spray or something? And we were told it was actually going to be weeks before they were even in stock? Yes. Okay, so how is it that they've gone from not being in stock to now being out of this? That's what it says. Uh, Washington County already pushing back their availability dates because they don't have enough coming in. Mm, all right. There's something I'm suspicious. There's uh, there's some sort of a fly in the ointment here. Well, they should make you feel better. Dancing zombies are about to take over Pioneer Courthouse Square. Awesome. It's part of the national Thrill the World event that was born out of a Canadian woman's dream to break the world record for the most amount of zombies to perform to Michael Jackson's song at once. In Portland, this dance will take place. Saturday at 5.30 at Pioneer Courthouse Square. They also have some practice times, too. Wait a minute. Is this just in Portland or is this all over the world? All over the world. Well, Portland's at Pioneer Courthouse Square. That is fantastic. So it's a, so it, it was spearheaded by a Canadian woman, but, it's a, but it, is, it is encircling the globe. Mm-hmm. And this is the, the, the largest number of zombies to perform a dance to the Michael Jackson song Thriller. Yes. All right. I'm completely So they're asking wrong. for a $5 donation. I won't be dancing, but I'll With be all looking. all the proceeds to benefit Portland Sexual Minority Youth Resource Center. So this is another PSA for Greg Nibbler. <laughs> Greg? <laughs> Uh, that is awesome. All right, that is at 5.30 Pioneer Courthouse Square. All right, I am all over that. By the way, we want to point out that it is uh, 6.29 a.m. This time check delivered to you by Cooney BMW's 29-minute fast and free service. Performance has an address. Cooney BMW. Here's Tim Riley. Now all of Richard Heaney's friends are going on television. Robert Thomas, an associate of Mr. Heaney, told the Today Show he knew when he first saw the event on Thursday that Richard and the family were involved in this. He's a very creative individual, very hyperactive. Um, unfortunately, I think he's a little driven by fame and really interested in kind of promoting himself. I think he had the, you know, the ego from Wife Swap. No, wait a minute. Did I just hear like a mysterious coughing sound that came out <laughs> yes, of nowhere? That uh, that was from me. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. uh, I, sure I left my microphone on. By the way, just back on this, on, on Greg coughing for a second. Now, every time you talk to somebody who's sick, do you just wonder if they have swine flu? Yes, every person yes. I know has a swine flu. That's the thing. And like, even if they don't have it diagnosed with it, because the other, so the freaky thing about this is like, I'm not trying to get all wrapped up in the media the, the hype or whatever, but obviously it's a real thing. I'm not saying it's going to destroy, you know, humanity or decimate American society or something. Until but, something else comes along. But, but you know what? But it's not like one of those crazy made-up uh, diseases that, you know, that like, you know, I mean, especially Turkey in Portland. Box. Portland is a city of eccentrics, so we all know people who have, you know, you know, they've got some disease that doesn't really, you know, that doesn't really exist or that they've, you know, that the media found one case of in some, uh, you know, like section of Bangladesh and suddenly everybody thinks they have it. This is clearly like a real deal. The, but... I think a lot of people have uh, no health care or they have very little insurance, so they don't ever have the ability to go to the hospital to get it checked out. So then you just have to use your imagination and try to figure out what, you know, like they have to go online and take like a Facebook, do you have swine flu quiz to try to figure out if that's what it is. So like our friend uh, Bridget upstairs, she's at home sick. Now, I'm not saying she has the swine flu, but I'm like, how would you know? Uh, you know, my friend uh, Andrew, kind of sick. 
I don't know that he has swine flu, but then again, maybe he does. Who's to say? Uh, we know that Lisa Desjardins had it. But, you know, but but then again, you know, so it, but this is also just a regular cold and flu season on top of it. So Greg's cough right now could be indicative of swine flu or you could just have a little phlegm. Who's and doesn't it make you feel weird because like we are working in a dirty environment. It's like, yes, how come do. everybody I know who like is really clean and like, you know, works from home or whatever is getting this disease and we're not getting well, it. Well, I do wipe this place down before anybody comes in. Well, it's probably because we're so accustomed to germs and diseases. That's and exactly right. why. It's yeah. because you work in a filthy environment with radio people. We have a superior immune system. That's the because oh, you're Im- totally by that. Actually. If your immune system never gets any work, then it's just uh, it's pasty and frail. If, you're, you, if your immune system is constantly training, if it's constantly tested, then by definition you have through the Darwinian process you have uh, you have retained only those sections of your immune system which are the strongest, and so you're able to to, uh, to beat down the swine flu yeah, as it enters your body. Yeah, because people who I know just like live in like like live perfectly clean lifestyles who like don't abuse their bodies with alcohol or anything, you know, they're getting sick. And meanwhile, we wake up at three o'clock in the morning. And- well, your your body has to be battle tested, or it's just it's never going to stand up under pressure. Let's do uh, one more here, then we'll take a break. Speaking of uh, news from the world of medicine. A California emergency room doctor accused of stealing his dying patient's Rolex has just temporarily lost his license. The judge in the case is blocking 32-year-old Cleveland Emmon for practicing medicine in California. So, I guess he can come here. Uh, he is charged with uh, grand theft for allegedly stealing the $6,500 gold Rolex wristwatch from retired Manteca Police Lieutenant Jerry Cobina. Emergency room nurses accuse the suspect of taking Cobina's Watch as he died in the emergency room. That's got to that's gotta be an awful sensation. I mean, just as you're sort of drifting away down the hallway towards the white pillar of light at the end, you just feel the guy like trying to pull the watch over your knuckles. Well, here's the bad part. The dead man's family is accusing the doctor of letting him die so he could get the Rolex. Oh, so it wasn't, so it wasn't like a, it was an either or kind of a thing, allegedly. Yeah. All right. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up next, Owen Colfer, author of the new Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book and another thing. 7 o'clock, Don Taylor from Movies.com. 8 o'clock, Marco Gonzalez from TMZ. And at uh, some point between now and 9 a.m., you're shot at a pair of tickets to see Pussifer at the Roseland for a sold-out show on the 14th. Stay right there. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Thank you for joining us. Uh, in just a moment, we are going to be joined by Mr. Owen Colfer, who is the author of And Another Thing, part six in the uh, part six of three, as they uh, say, the uh, latest installment of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series. Tim Riley is also tracking the following headlines for you on this Tuesday morning. Wow, hundreds of people line up for jobs in Utah at an In-N-Out Burger. And their unemployment rate is just half of what ours is. Meanwhile, the city of Portland continues to cripple our own businesses by taking away 84 more parking spaces. That's what they do, Tim. And you, our unemployment rate is up again. Is it again? Is that in Oregon or is it in Portland? Uh, Oregon and Portland. Didn't you say that when your unemployment runs out, you are no longer considered unemployed? Correct. And as a matter of fact, there are some parts of the state where the unemployment rate is 14%, like in the, the eastern part of the state, that people have just given up. <laughs> Where they've just they've just ceded it over to the to the inevitable hand of fate. Yes. All right. It is five zero three two two eight four one zero one. It's the Rick Emerson Show, and this next interview is the story of a wholly remarkable book. Its mind-bogglingly brilliant creator, the untimely intervention of circumstance and the existence of them both, and the resurrection and completion of this book by a second astonishingly courageous author. This is, in short, 
The story of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, a book and a series cut short by the death of its creator, Douglas Adams. And now, author, uh, author Owen Colfer has written and released And Another Thing, which is part six in The Hitchhiker's Trilogy. And Another Thing available now everywhere on planet Earth from Hyperion Books. Let's welcome now to The Rick Emerson Show, Mr. Owen Colfer. Hello there. How are you, sir? Good morning, Rick. How are you? I am, uh, I am fantastic. I think my first question would be to you... What was the stronger emotion when you finally sat down to face uh, the blank page to pick up where Douglas Adams had left off with The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Was it uh, excitement or fear? What was what was the ruling emotion at that point? Oh, there, there was no competition there. It was total fear. I was absolutely uh, terrified. In a moment of madness, I agreed to do it. And, and as soon as I had agreed to do it, uh, fear got its claws into me. So for a long time, I was a little bit paralyzed by fear. But uh, eventually then, thanks to the to my wife and my family and friends, I got over it and got down to work. So The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, of course, has been uh, it's been a book and then an entire series of novels. It's been a video game. It was uh, It's not been a feature film. It's been a television series. And when Douglas Adams uh, died, he left behind this rabid fan base. And really, rabid doesn't even do it justice. They're, they're a lot like uh, the people who are fans of anything done by Joss Whedon or Star Trek. They're kind of an unforgiving lot. Did that freak you out at all, the idea that there was such a judgmental fan base out there just waiting to, uh, you know, to, to, uh, to excoriate you, should this go poorly? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it did, but... but that was the only reason I could think of for not doing the book was that there would be certain fans who would not like me to do it and that was not enough when faced with the fact that I'd been asked to do it by Douglas's widow and his daughter so um, I decided I would put the fans on the long finger as such and face them when the time came and unfortunately now the time is coming <laughs> We're talking to a Mr. Owen Colfer is the author of And Another Thing, which is uh, the latest installment of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series. You just touched on this to whatever extent possible. Can you sort of briefly explain how this opportunity presented itself, how his wife and daughter came to you and asked you to continue this? Well, Douglas's agent w wanted to do something special for, for the 30th um, anniversary of the first book to, to highlight uh, Douglas's achievement. And, and one of his ideas was to get somebody to finish off the series. And, and several writers had put themselves forward, but being, uh, he didn't think they were suitable. So he came across my work. He went to Douglas Adams' widow, and she said, um, Oh, I know him. He, I've read all his books with my daughter. He would be great. And it was that easy. And then they called me. Uh, and I just couldn't say no, in spite of all my uh, my worries about it. I just I couldn't refuse it, uh, an opportunity like this, so I decided to go ahead. What is it like to, uh, after all of the success that you've had with your own books, to be shifting your voice and effectively writing in the voice of somebody else? Is that is it is that a tricky thing to sustain over a, over a novel length creation? Yeah, that's exactly right. It's 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 easy to do it for a page or two, but to sustain it then without once falling off the wagon that's kind of tough and, uh, and i had to really concentrate just to keep in the right vein and uh, uh so fans wouldn't feel this is not the right universe i've stumbled into some other universe uh, i'm not comfortable here and i'm not feeling nostalgic and once you've lost them then you're not going to get them back uh, we're talking to owen colfer he's the author of the new hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy book and another thing who uh, you know there's such a um just a vast expanse of characters that Douglas Adams created. Everybody from Arthur Dent to Ford Prefect to Zaphod to Marvin. Who is, would you say is the, the easiest character to write for and who is the most enjoyable character to write for? 
Uh, I think Zephod for me was the easiest and the most enjoyable because he's a total uh, media creature. So he was almost born for, for these times. He's a guy who's driven by media. His only interest is in being famous. So he's kind of a, an intergalactic reality TV star. So I, I found he fitted in very nicely with the, the current mood. Uh, and also he, could, he was insane and hilarious. And I, I really enjoyed writing him. And he hadn't been in the books for the last couple of books. So I brought him back in, and he's now, I suppose, he's more or less the main character. I have to say that it does, I mean, not that I can necessarily speak for, for Douglas Adams in any way, but it seems that that it, in a strange way, he really would have, he really would have found this um, amusing. He would have found this to be, to be wholly apt and appropriate, uh, that sort of the book has taken on its own life, and it is kind of marching on without him. It seems like that is the kind of thing that he, that he would have wanted, and that he would have found uh, a sort of humor in, in a sense. Did you, did you feel that way? Um, I didn't know, and it did worry me greatly that Douglas would, wherever he was, uh, although, of course, Douglas believes that he's nowhere, but um, if he is somewhere looking down on us, um, I, I was really worried that he would hate this. But I talked to his wife and his friends and the guys who lived in, his, in the apartment with them and the guys who worked with them, and they all seemed to think that he would find this very amusing, the whole thing, and that he would have a good laugh about it and, and possibly enjoy the book as well. So I take heart from that. Excellent. The new book is And Another Thing. It is available everywhere from Hyperion. It is the uh, latest book in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy saga. Um, really, I have to, to say that just having picked up uh, this mantle, is just, it, is, it is impressive and courageous. And from what I have read of the book, I'm about a third of the way into it. And it, uh, you know, and accomplished very, very uh, expertly, sir. So congratulations and uh, best of continued success, my friend. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Rick. There you go. Mr. Owen Colfer, ladies and uh, gentle folk. As a, uh, a fruit who really knows where his towel is, as they say. There you go. Awesome. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. We have to give special uh, props, by the way, to Greg Nibbler, who jumped through like a thousand different hoops to try to make that interview happen. And because he did. When you can tell that, guys, he's he must be in Britain or something. He's, yeah. uh, he's he, That's obviously an overseas call that he's placing there, so there was a little bit of a, of a hiss and whatnot on the line. But that was... That was not an easy interview to put together. Yeah, that was by far, for some reason, one of the hardest ones to get to actually have happen. Went through like three different people to get that. Well, because he must be doing uh, interviews, I mean, all over the world. Because the Hitchhiker's books, I mean, they're just, they're massive mm. everywhere. I mean, everywhere on earth. Yeah. So he's, I can't even imagine what that guy is, is scheduled to have. That is really like Sword from the Stone uh, stuff there. Just the, somebody comes and asks you if you'd like to. It's like writing, it would be like if somebody asked you to write the new Lord of the Rings book or that something. That is so intimidating. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine uh, the, the pressure, but I mean, but I guess that's that's the thing. It's like, it's like, how could you say no? You know, it's like if, it's like if somebody asked and, you know, came and asked you if you'd like to play, you know, would you like to play, uh, you know what it is? Probably the closest thing I can think of in in the mainstream media is not just Lord of the Rings, but if somebody asked you if you would like to, uh, if you would like to play uh, like Luke Skywalker or something, you know? Would you like to play Han Solo and just? I, I don't know, maybe. Not. <laughs> so, um, wow, awesome! And Greg and I are big nerds, by the way. I should say this: that uh, I know Greg comes on and he talks balls and and whatnot, and he talks about getting his urination on in public <laughs> or something, and bitches and beer and whatever. You know, when you do an interview uh, with an author, whenever you talk about a book, which we try to do all the time. Uh, yeah, that's what people like to listen to. That's people love books, Sarah, in America. People can't True. get enough of them. I was to understand that that is the way to ratings success, is to discuss books uh, really with ubiquity. 
I just wish you talked about it up front that it was a book. Well, instead of making me wait, maybe you're early, yeah. maybe I should have said it was like a beef jerky product or uh, maybe some sport or of a boobs. Yeah. Or it has boobs. It was a new it was a new show on G four swimsuit edition. In any event, uh, but you know when you're talking to an author, they always send you a copy of the book so you kind of know what you're talking about and whatever. Greg actually went out of his way to uh, to, to engineer that they would send us two books because they only ever send you one because the person doing the interview who's usually me. Greg's like, yeah, I'm actually going to see if I can get them to send us a second copy of the book. I would really love to read that. So he, uh, which is the thing they don't ever do, but I know that he actually uh, sort of browbeat them into uh, sending along a supplemental copy because he's a big, uh, he's a big nerd. So. I am. Well done. All right. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up at the top of the hour, Don Taylor from Movies.com. Marco Gonzalez from TMZ coming up later on at 8 a.m. You're shut out a pair of uh, tickets to see Pussifer as well. And more from Crazy Balloon Dad. It's the Rick Emerson Show. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere back after this. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. We're not really university material, as they say. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. I think it's possible. Here's the thing about, just real quickly, here's the thing about talking to Owen Colfer just now, who was, he's the guy that wrote the new Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book. It's impossible for me to talk about Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy without taking at least a second and a half in my brain and dwelling on the fact that I lost my Douglas autograph copy of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I just sit and I just... Oh, thanks. Wow. That hurts. Yeah, yes, it does. Yes, it does. You, you all could have lost it. Thanks a lot. You could have said, "No, no, no. It's just a book." Or he lives on in your hearts. Or he autographed your you soul with his golden copy? words. Yes, yes, I did. That's horrible. Yes. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate that. Yes, it is horrible. Oh. I'm just saying it now. I'm I'm speaking of it aloud, hoping to exercise it. Uh, it hadn't really worked. How does that help? <laughs> it hasn't had the effect I was hoping for. Yes, he signed page 42 of my. Uh, oh. Come on. You know he's like, dead, right? It can't happen again. Thanks. Thanks, wow. Greg. I, thank you. I appreciate that. Also, Talk I think... losing a piece of history. I think an ex-girlfriend has it, too, which means I'll never get it back. Ever. Which means she probably burned it. Uh, she probably she probably tore it into little pieces and will mail them to me one by one over the years, leaving off the crucial piece I would need to complete the page. That's... She has the page 42 frame. Just my perfect. guess. Yeah. So, it's five... Wow. You know, come to think of it, there's several things that I'm missing that I think are probably on a bookshelf <laughs> of hers somewhere. It's 503 not that I'm bitter. 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up at 8 o'clock, Marco Gonzalez from uh, TMZ. And uh, we will have a pair of tickets for you to see Pussifer. When you hear Pussifer at some point between now and 9 a.m., at that point and not before, be called at 10 at 503-228-4101. And you'll square yourself a pair of tickets to the sold-out show at the Roseland the 14th. Now, they've added a second show on the 16th. Tickets for that show available now at Tickets West. Uh, dot com. But the uh, show on the 14th sold out, but we're going to be giving away a pair of passes. So when you hear the Pussifer song, uh, you'll be calling at 10 and you will uh, win those. Don Taylor's going to join us in mere moments. Don, are you going to make me feel better about losing my autographed Douglas Adams book? Oh, hell no. Thank you. Thanks so much. That's <laughs> yeah, great. But it's, I stood in line to see oh, him talk. He, stop talking about it. It hurts me. He had put out this book called Last Chance to See, which is this book of uh, essays he wrote with somebody about traveling the world and seeing exotic animals and whatever. Um... And, and I, you know, and I went there and you know, that was fascinating. But of course, you know, everybody knows the deal. You're there because, you know, because he wrote Hitchcock's Guide to the Galaxy. That's kind of why most people knew him. And I, it was in this tiny little bookstore and it was like a very, you know, sort of intimate gathering and whatever. By the way, just a side note, 
Here's the greatest thing. He stands up and he's written this. Douglas Adams at the time had written this great book about seeing endangered species, which is what this book Last Chance to See was about. He traveled the world and whenever there was an endangered species or endangered type of plant or whatever, like he would go there and he would he would, you know, see it and study it and write about it. So he tells this beautiful story about going to see some sort of like nearly extinct dolphin or whale or something is something that like nature is going to be you know you know it'll be eradicated it won't be around and how it's you know the chance for mankind to understand the you know his place in the universe and the transitory nature of life he tells this whole beautiful story and then he says all right then are there any questions and the first hand that shoots up in the front row this guy stands up and he goes i swear to christ the first question is the guy stands up and he goes um, is 42, is that just a base numbering uh, system that you yourself have uh, devised as part of a, an operating system that you will perhaps be releasing for a home computer? That was like the first, That's the, to the best of my knowledge, that is exactly how the question was phrased, too. That he thought that, for, that it was like the 42 represented some base numbering system mathematically that he was going to be using for some super advanced computer system. And you could see Adam's slump as though he were a marionette that had, had all of its strings cut, sort of a... Oh, God, I should have stayed home. I forgot what these people were like. So, and then he signed my book, and then I lost it. Hello, Don Taylor. How are you? <laughs> I, I'm good. I'm good. I uh, I saw Douglas Adams uh, speak. He was the keynote speaker at uh, MacWorld when I went. That is a fantastic. Years ago, and he was just so awesome and so amazing. And I know that if I had a signed book by him, particularly if he'd signed page forty two, and I lost it, yeah, I I would be just I know bereft. I, I feel like a tool. Oh, that would keep me awake at night. Here's the other thing that I you do sometimes. Several points in uh, of geek cred, I think, just from not holding on to that. I know. Well, but see, here's the weird thing about it, though. I didn't hallucinate this whole thing of standing in line and having him sign page 42. Like, I clearly did it. It's, it's a thing I actually did. And yet, at my home, I have a copy of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that very similar to that one that is not autographed. Mm. And so I wonder if, see, now I'm trying to blame everything on the ex-girlfriend. I wonder if at some point she actually just swapped out like another copy for mine and just, uh, you know, and just skedaddled with mine or perhaps somebody else did. Or she was reading it in the bathtub and she dropped it and she wrecked it. <laughs> so she just ran out and replaced it and put it back on the shelf and you never knew. And occasionally I'll do this too. I'll actually pick the book up off the shelf and open it to page 42, to hoping that the autograph will have mysteriously <laughs> appeared. It's like how somebody noted that when you lose your car keys, you know, or anything, you will, like, if you lose any item, mm -hmm. you will constantly check the place where the thing ought to be. You know, like, if you check... like if, sometimes it does appear. Yeah, like, if you lose your car keys, you'll check your pocket 500,000 times. Why? They might be there. Uh, so, occasionally, I'll just open the book and look, and then I just sadly, you know, I sadly shake my head, and I sort of put it I'm back totally on the I'm totally going to mess with you sometimes and break away. into your house and... Sign yeah. a fake autograph on page 42. I appreciate that. <laughs> Tim Riley's tracking the following stories on this uh, Tuesday morning. Oregon's unemployment rate goes up again. So does the rate in the Portland metro area, but help is on the way. 100 new jobs are out there for the taking. Uh, the city of Portland continues to take away parking spaces. That's not, not going to make anybody happy. And uh, more Richard Heaney videos and jingles coming Oh, man. Up. So speaking of Richard Heaney, so I, I'll just, there's no other way to say this. So I, we... Uh, we're such retards on the show. We had this. Yes. Uh, we just proud of it. Big uh, the meeting yesterday after the show. We were talking about something or other, and the, the whole Richard Heaney the balloon uh, thing came up, and we were talking about what's his name, Larry the uh, Larry the, the lawn chair guy. Larry the lawn chair guy. The guy from 1982 who I think was from around Seattle somewhere. And he was the first guy in the modern era to really do the whole. How many balloons would it take to send me into the sky? And he. I don't know. He hooked up X number balloons to a lawn chair, and he had a pellet gun, and he went up to what is it, sixteen thousand feet or something, some insane height, 
and people were looking out the window of an airplane and they saw a guy in a lawn chair and it was all very weird and um, the Discovery Channel did this whole sort of mini movie about him. So we were talking about Larry the Lawn Chair Guy and then we had this whole, we were having this whole discussion about well what you, you know the, 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 what with our the wacky morning show uh, status and so forth like like what like what is a thing you can do and then I had this idea. The end result of this idea was just that I what would be floating. The, the, the end result of it would just be that I saw myself floating uh, with it, like having like a bunch of balloons, and then Sarah like pulling me through town at the end of a rope <laughs> as though I were some sort of a kite. But would I be able to hold you down? Well, see, that was the other question. Is that Don? Do you know anything about the the science? Um, well, which are you asking me about? Okay, the let me you down. Let me you... ask you this: if, if, if let's say, for example. Uh, if I were to be tethered to the ground in the parking lot for some reason, mm-hmm. and then they just started clipping balloons to my belt, uh, like I were the, uh, you <laughs> know, like belt. James and the Giant Peach, if they were to start fastening balloons to my belt, let's say for the sake of argument, round numbers, let's say it'd take a thousand balloons to lift me off the ground. Oh, okay. Let's just, just for the sake of argument. If it takes a thousand balloons to lift me off the ground, does that only lift me to a certain height, or does that just continue to lift me? I believe it only lifts you to a certain height. I, I, wow, that is, that is an interesting question. I know that I know that with the heeny and the kid, the kid in the balloon. I know that I do know this that if they had really wanted to know if there was a kid in that balloon, all they would have had to have done is ask a high school science teacher because there is a, a very basic formula for you need X amount of cubic feet. Right per ounce to actually lift something and they would have gone oh no there's no kid in that thing which i think they later said that like yeah there was no way he could have he could have been up in the thing anyway yeah so um yeah well, i believe i believe hmm. that yeah you do it's one of those things that you do need more helium because sarah's to- question was like she wants to make sure that she doesn't get pulled away with me yes, isn't that I mean, the deal so if he's floating or that if the- and i'm holding him is and, and do i weigh enough to hold or him? but if the, and if the thing snapped like if the rope that you were carrying <laughs> yeah. me along broke like would i continue to go up and up and up or would i stay at that height like do you levitate or do you just keep going up I don't know. Well, let's these are. Let's find out. What these, uh, folks have and if you're up high enough, you could drop turkeys down for. Hello, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson show. How can I help you today? Hey, Rick. Uh, to get the balloons. <laughs> wow. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on one second. You called it. Hold on, just there's all of these, all, freaking out. all of these phone lines are ringing, and the first the, the, yesterday <laughs> in the meeting, Greg actually said, "Is this Andy, the homeschool kid?" Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the, in the, of course it is. Hi, All Andy. these phone lines. Greg actually said he goes. You know, the very first person you're going to pick up is going to be Andy. No matter what line you pick up, no matter what order the calls <laughs> are, the first oh. person you pick up will be Andy. So, Andy, I'm going to put you on hold. Just ha- hang on for a second. It's almost cheating to have you answered. Yeah. And I want to say to you, I did not even screen that one. You picked that. No, I mean they up. were all ringing, and I just picked that one up. Uh, should I pick up? Uh, let's see. Hello, hi, Rick Emerson. Show. Who's this? This is John. Hello, John. How can I help you today? Wow. I just uh, wanted to put my two cents in with his uh, his lifting. Yes. Uh, um, no, he wouldn't. I mean, it's, just, it's a matter of negative weight. You know, once you start floating, if you kick up in the air, you're going to keep going up. But if you're just floating there, you're not going to lift. So you have uh, you know wind resistance and stuff like that to to cause you to go up or down or sideways, and it won't magically lift Sarah along behind him. How how is it that we're at the end of this call and now I don't I still don't know the answer. So is, will we be able to lift him up and? Will I be able to hold him? In other words, if the balloon started to lift me into the sky, is it only going to lift me to a certain height? No. No, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to lift you to a, a, a negative, as if you were floating in water, and you're just going to kind of hover along. Now, if you kick the ground and you went up higher, 
then you would continue to go up because you're going to have no nothing to reverse I, the direction. But that's not necessarily true because as the air gets colder and it gets higher, then the uh, the the lift from the helium wow. is going to have. You're bluffing. You don't know what you're talking about. No, I'm not. John Taylor. Okay, hold on. Wait, hold on. I, I'm really happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. Uh, one of the best videos of all time. All right. It's 503-228-4... I've been waiting to do that to somebody. It's 503-228-4101. The Rick Everson Show continues next. Don Taylor from Movies.com. We'll talk about DVD releases, and I will continue to demonstrate my abject ignorance of everything. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Let's see. Here's a text message that just says, That guy's an idiot. And I can't honestly tell who they're talking about. I mean, they could be referring to me. They could be referring to the previous caller. Me. This, it, could, it could be Dawn. This one says... Uh, you that will was probably you after your Douglas Adams story. You will continue going up. The more balloons pass lift off, the faster you will go. So this, so this text message says that if you were to put me in the parking lot, first of all, I don't know what the balloons would be attached to. Like, I keep saying that they would be clipped to my belt. We can attach them to your car. We have a Lazy Boy recliner in the office left over from another promotion. No, but you're not trying to lift the car. You're trying to lift me. So I don't know no, what so the... So we can attach you to the car and lift you. Right, but where would... One of those smart cars. Right, but what would the small. balloons be attached to is my point. I think your belt. But see, <laughs> if that's the case, if the balloons... That's right in the middle of you. But if there's sufficient lift from the balloons to carry me up into the sky, does that not mean that it's... In other words... It seems like the belt itself might not be able to hold the pressure. There are my belt loops or something. You need like a full body harness like they yes. use when people are playing Peter Pan on Broadway. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. Is I would have to because otherwise it's like it's going to rip through the belt loops and then I'm going to plummet to the parking lot and shatter my legs. And that's that's not good radio. Or just shatter give yourself your the world's worst wedgie. <laughs> There's, I, are you kidding me? That's fantastic radio. <laughs> it would have to be something like they would have to be uh, put into some sort of like a, it would like be a, some sort of a strappy uh, later hose and ask on some that I would wear. That's exactly what I would do. I want to be carried a to the sky, carried radio by something DJ. you made at your house. <laughs> Rick Emerson. And then after the harness. promotion, you can sell it on Le eBay. You know, Rick Emerson's uh, custom made balloon later hosen. According to this tape, he was wearing a homemade harness. <laughs> Right. Another one of the DJs sewed it at her house and brought it to the station. She assured him it was safe. All right. Here with uh, Don Taylor from uh, Movies.com. All right. Well, I guess we'll have to figure this out at, uh, at another point. Oh, we're going to figure it out. Well, because here's my other thing is... Because we know it's possible. We just have to figure out the logistics. How many balloons did it take to lift the guy in the lawn chair? Do we know? I mean that's a no, lot. Someone knows. And what size balloons are we talking about? That's the other thing. It's like where like would you... mylar? Like yeah, it's probably on Wikipedia. Uh, probably. I would imagine this was before mylar. There needs to be some sort of balloon calculator that'll uh, effectively determine how many balloons it would I, take to lift. How many you. B A L? And then the first thing it filled in is how many balloons does it take to lift a person? Really? Is that in Google? Mm -hmm. All right, we'll have to find out. Hello, Don Taylor. Hello. What is up in the uh, in the world of amusements? Well, uh, I thought I'd skip sort of the mainstream stuff, and we're easing into Halloween now. And uh, I've got uh, two movies, one really quick, because it's you know, only marginally good. Uh, there's a film on DVD today called Blood, The Last Vampire, which is based on a, a live-action version of an anime film, which is kind of interesting because it's one of these great, like, it's a joint Hong Kong 
French production, but it takes place in Japan. And it's in English, Excellent. so that's always good. Um, but it's uh, it's about a vampire, a, a young girl who isn't really actually young because she's a vampire, and she hunts demons, and it's in 1970s Japan, and she gets sent by the secret government organization she works for to go undercover to an American military school to look for some students who are vampires and, and all kinds of uh, This sounds demons. like the best thing that's ever been made. How could this not be uh, four stars? I, I, I don't, well, it's... I enjoyed it very, very much. Let's just say this. Uh, it has some really terrific stunt work uh, by uh, Corey Yoon, who's a, a classic martial arts stunt director with wire work, a combination of wire work and CGI. It has some really bad CGI monsters. Like, we're talking like the computerized version of, like, Ray Harryhausen stuff, where Fantastic. they're jumping across rooftops. And they look the Commodore terrible. Amiga graphics. Um, but yeah, it's uh, basically what makes this movie great is that when they send her undercover to the high school, they send her in Japanese schoolgirl garb, even though it's all like American students and they're not, you know, wearing uniforms or anything. Sure. And I think that was purely to put her in the position where she spends the rest of the movie running around with a katana, like chopping up demons dressed as a Japanese schoolgirl. That's really all I need to know to see the film, so, so yes. mission accomplished. So that is Blood, the Last Vampire. I'm on writing DVD. that down right now. Awesome. But the other movie I want to talk about, it's actually been out a couple of weeks. It's called Trick or Treat. Now, everybody has mentioned this movie. I've had a bunch of people email me about it, and I was talking to Aaron the other day. This is not the same Trick or Treat with Mark Price and Gene Simmons from no. 1984. No, and it's not a remake of okay. it either. All it's right. um, it's uh, directed by Michael Doherty, who was a um, co-writer of X-Men and Superman Returns. And the poor showing at the box office at Superman Returns is perhaps one of the reasons why this movie never got a distributor. Another reason that people have said maybe it never uh, got into theaters is because the, one of the stories, it's an anthology with several interlocking stories, one of them uh, is Dylan Baker as a uh, a principal, a school principal, who uh, does some very evil things to some kids. Fantastic. Um, what it is, is it's it, uh, it ran last year at some horror festivals. It was uh, a big hit at Fantastic Fest this year. Um, it's Essentially an anthology story that, that owes a lot to the old EC Comics model, where you've got these four interlocking stories and each one kind of has this boo kind of ending kind of thing. It, it's not gory. It's not uh, explicit. But what it is is it's really, really clever. It takes place in this small Ohio town that is like really huge on Halloween. There's all kinds of Halloween festivities going on. And meanwhile, within the town, there are some genuinely creepy, scary things going on. One, the high school principal. Another, Anna Paquin, uh, is a girl who her slutty friends have tasked her with getting a date for the party in the woods. And she's running around trying to find a guy. And then it turns out the party in the woods. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I don't want to give. I don't really want to give anything I'm about just, this movie away because it is so. It is so very, very good. The it not it not getting to theaters and going direct to video had nothing to do with its quality. Is is the point? It's you know it was shelved for two years by Warner's for any number of reasons. No, I don't think anyone knows. And I'm a sucker for, sure. for anthology films, especially yeah. horror anthologies. Sarah just saw Creep Show for oh, the first time awesome. last week. Yeah. Which itself is very much like an easy comic center thing. I am, I'm a huge fan of stuff like that. Yeah, this could also almost be looked at as kind of a, a spiritual sequel to Creepshow. Awesome. It's, it's very similar. And, and, and the way it's done is very clever too that, that 
it, it all takes place in this town, so you see like hints of the other people right, from the other stories right. walking by. See, that's the best on. kind of anthology right. where it does sort of interlock in a weird kind of way. Yeah, and it's all tied together with this one character, this uh, small child with a big round bulbous head with a burlap <laughs> sack on his head who's carrying something in a sack that's kind of squealing. And that has like an excellent payoff at the very, very end. So awesome. It's uh, But it's it's really good, and it's really worth checking out. And it's trick-er trick treat. Er, trick-er treat. Awesome. Excellent. Oh, by the way, you were, you were noting that you think the business of Sarah towing me along is an excellent with, idea. W- with what would you be towing me along after they lifted me up with a bunch of balloons? Like with a car? Or my scooter? I don't, but see, that sounds dangerous. Now we've gone from whack. Now we've gone from me just being lifted. See, I here, float you across the Hawthorne no, Bridge. No, listen, you bastards. Here's what I was... No, 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 I no, can see somebody no, getting no, their head clogged no. somewhere. Here's what I was envisioning yesterday when this whole conversation came up at the office. Where my motorcycle home? This is not... But see, the motorcycle helmet is going to stop my ribcage from being compressed if I hit the ground like a sack of wet cement. This... Like, we just had this whole conversation yesterday about... I'm not going to pretend that this is sort of just organically happening here. We were like, well, what could, what the kooky thing could we do with balloons because of all the news and the whatnot? And I had this idea. This is what I was picturing, that I would be lifted by balloons the way that David Blaine levitates, which is to say, like, you know, for like like an inch and a half off the ground. I'm like, huzzah, I've been lifted with balloons. But now it's like I'm attached to your car <laughs> and you're speeding through town. And I'm sort of like, oh, God. You know, like Why are you a team player, Rick Emerson? The, because I because that sounds what dangerous. What fun is if you're just like sitting there in the parking lot? Like I have to parade you. What fun is it if you're towing me behind your car? Lots First of all, of fun. What See, are I'm, you? I'm imagining you like Bullwinkle in the Macy's parade, and she's like walking you down the street slowly, and you're just waving to people as you slowly oh, bob along. Look at me! It's like <laughs> yeah. a huge Rick balloon over the city. <laughs> I mean, with what would you even attach me to your car? With a rope. rope. Yeah, and, but see, doesn't that does it with a chain? <laughs> doesn't that sound dangerous though? Like no. maybe you're going to go through a, like under a power line or something? No, you'll be fine. Yeah. All right, that's, no, that's how that always works. Up that high. Well, Dom was saying that it all had to do with the wind, whether or not I would be carried away. Uh, well, wind would make it more difficult because it would create resistance and could could make it more difficult to manage you. While you were floating. Well, what does the balloon calculator say about how many balloons it would take to lift me? Um, so it varies. Some of them say like a couple hundred. It some varies. <laughs> really? Some of them say like 15,000. 15,000? 15, well, that's what I'm saying. It varies. Based on... Wait, but we based need on... quite a few street teamers to blow those up. How? <laughs> what? 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 All right, so on, on answers at yahoo.com, it says 15,158 balloons to but, uh, raise up a 150-pound person. Okay. And then Mythbusters used bigger balloons and it said it was like a few hundred to lift right. up a girl let's use the bigger balloons I, uh, so where do you even get bigger balloons though probably like a party store mm. dollar store dollar store. so you would get a few hundred dollars balloon store world over on hawthorne <laughs> we have helium here. is there a balloon world <laughs> i don't know there should be we do have a big helium tank here don't we we have a, we have a bunch of them all right are we sure we haven't been beaten to this by some by some whacktastic morning show somewhere I don't think so. We're oh. a whacktastic morning show, right? That's true. Well, no. Somebody told me that what's it? That the but the the playoffs guys did like a doll, right? I think Didn't they do something? So. It was like a, it was like a doll, like a like a, a ba- like a baby doll. They dangled something. <laughs> yes, they did, Sarah. <laughs> uh, the uh, no, but they had like a little like a like a cabbage patch doll size yeah. thing that they put in the city. That's not this. That would this would actually That's no be Rick me. Emerson. No, this would no. This we need to figure out how many balloons it would take. This one says, get cracking on this. Rick, can you can Rick be towed around by Portland strippers on bikes on Waterfront Park? This one says, yes. Just yes. Have a really fat guy tow you around town. That would be awesome, my and it would. My friend's a pedicabber. 
You could have him tote you around um, in his pedicab. And Tim and I could sit in there like this a throne. This all sounds so dangerous for reasons that it's I can't... It's not dangerous. Leaving aside the issue of power lines, it still sounds dangerous. And I can't really figure out why. I would have to, first of all, have shears with me. So that sh- should I start to float away, <laughs> dirt, I could like be snipping. Gun. Yeah, I could be the ch- just cutting the balloons. Needle, you could start popping them. <laughs> All right. Did Don really just compare to a huge balloon, Rick? That's awesome. Is your, you're waving to fighter pilots, cutting the balloons away? Uh, this seems like a bad idea. Of course it's a bad idea. That's why it it's so much fun. All right. Well, we'll figure it out. All right. It's uh, 503-228-4101. Thank you. It's 503-228-4101. Don Taylor, you can read her at cinematical.com or movies.com. Coming up. Coming up next, more from Tim Riley at the News Desk and uh, Marco Gonzalez from TMZ at the top of the hour, 8 o'clock. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. And if you are a caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101, you're going to get yourself a pair of tickets to Fright Town. Fright Town, a whole block of screams and shock beneath the Memorial Coliseum. Now through Halloween from Cricket Wireless, Papa Murphy's, and KUFO. Plus you qualify for the grand prize, a walk through Fright Town with Sarah and myself, plus monster makeovers. Mwah. All right, back after this. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Mark 101 KUFO. Putting the cult in pop culture. Slow zombies are based on the scientific probability of necrotic flesh under pressure. The Rick Emerson Show returns. And fast zombies suck. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. In just a moment, we have more news from Tim Riley. Coming up at the top of the hour, Marco Gonzalez from TMZ. All right. Greg, this guy that is on line two. So what what is his what is his deal? He has balloons or he he has he knows how many balloons? Well, no, he wants to calculate it for you, but he needs to know your weight. He wants to calculate how many balloons it will require. Does he seem to know what he's talking about? Yeah, is he a guy who seems, does he seem, no offense, does he seem smart enough to do this? I mean, it's a particular kind of science skill one must have. It is, you know, and I'm not entirely sure. I don't want to take a guess whether he's smart enough or not smart enough to do it. He's just very obsessed with finding out what your weight is. Would that be physics? Would you, I think it would, it is physics, is it not? Would you say that, is he creepy sounding, Greg? No, no, he's not. He's not creepy. Is it a compelling oh, stop call? Stop being nice. Is he creepy, Greg? Oh no, I would say if he was. Believe me, I, I have. We get plenty of creepy callers. There's, there's not a lack of that. But this, this guy is not creepy. Uh, he is right. very obsessed with your weight, though. Hello, hi, Rick Emerson. Show. Uh, who's this? This is Sean. Hey, Sean. How can I help you? Bus, Rick. Hi. Hey. <laughs> so you doubt my, uh, my, my ability to calculate some simple math? I was just. It's a specialized. Uh, again, it's a specialized kind of formula. I don't know it. Uh, you know, it's all MX plus B, whatever, but uh-huh. I was a math tutor in college, so you're in safe hands, buddy. And I really just honestly wanted to know what your weight was so I could figure out what the lift would require for one pound. Let me just say that every time a guy says you're in safe hands, buddy, that is always right before they engage in some sort of an activity that renders one of them brain dead and the other one faceless, and then we end up making fun of them the next day. And it kind of sounded here. like you're in safe hands. Yeah. That would be, that would be pretty <laughs> yes. difficult over the phone, Rick. Yes. Uh, what is it What is it you need to know, sir? I want to know how much you weigh so I can figure out, basically the math I'm going to figure out is what is required uh, to lift one pound. How many cubic feet of helium is required to lift one pound? Then I take that number and multiply it by your weight. You got an answer. Now, how oh. many well, how many cubic feet are, are required to lift a pound? 
I don't know. I'm going to go home and look it up on the internet. <laughs> All right. Fail. Uh, All right. Bye now. That was disastrous. It's 5-0. Thank you, sir. It's 503-228-4101 at the news desk. Your personal savior, Tim Riley. From the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 7.52. Going to be cloudy today. Highest near is 60. Jobs, jobs, jobs. A Tualatin call center is hiring 100 people for its IT consulting business. This is Applied Computer Services. They already employ 1,800 statewide, 1,200 in Oregon. And not a moment too soon. Our unemployment figures jumped to 11.7% for September. An estimated 127,400 area residents were jobless last month. That's... Wow, 60,000 more than a year ago. 60,000. Well, there was that article today that said that the, this unemployment rate may just be the new norm. It may it may never go down. No. Yeah, there were several articles about that. It may just be the standard from now on. Well, you know, Utah has an unemployment rate that's like half of ours, 6%. And that being said, in Provo, there were lines around the block for 150 positions at a new In-N-Out burger. And the reason is their minimum starting wage at all the In-N-Outs is 10 bucks an hour. And I think they offer benefits if you were. They're yes, like they Starbucks. Do. 401k. Yeah. It's great. We don't have any here in Oregon. I know no. that for a fact. Uh, because when Jennifer Aniston was here, she said, Can anyone get me an In N Out burger? And they said, Sorry, we don't have any. Is that there. true, really? Yeah, I was yeah they were right there when she asked. Yeah, they I don't put she them... wanted more than anything. I How, what did she look like in person? Was she pretty? Very pretty. Very Skinny. Pretty. See, I I don't uh, I have no I know and you got a whole thing where so you, she can eat In and Out burgers and you dislike Jennifer Aniston for reasons that I you just think she's a whiner. She irritates me. Yeah, I mean yeah. I think she's I she was a sweet gal. Yeah, Greg no. is uh, no I I fully disagree with that Jennifer Aniston is hot. I see I don't find her hot, really but hot. I think she's pretty. I think she's cute. I think oh, she's no. pretty. I think she's hotter than Angelina Jolie. Get out! I do. I'm sorry. See, the thing about Jennifer Aniston is she has no sexiness to me. She has no, there's no sex vibe to her. There's no, uh, she doesn't seem to be well, she's a, a sweet young thing. That's the thing. She seems sweet. She doesn't even have a sensual vibe to her at all, whereas Angelina Jolie does. Maybe a little too much, actually. But, uh, Jennifer Aniston's cute. I would never yeah. say she's sexy, though. No, Angelina Jolie has a stabby vibe. That's, that's <laughs> well, but the, the vibe from her. Maybe well, see, you, that's what Rick finds sexy. Maybe you and I define sexy uh, in uh, different ways, perhaps. I yeah. The whole thing when she was wearing Billy Bob Thornton's blood around uh, her neck in a vial... See that's hot. There's, there's. I remember when they did that, and that is. Uh, there's no getting past how hot I, that is. I would think we have decidedly different views on. All this. right, Sarah and I should try to figure out later exactly what your type is. Of course, your type is only Mrs. Nibbler, but I yeah, mean, Mrs. Nibbler, right. of course. God forbid uh, yeah, that no something way. terrible were to happen. Uh, you know, life is for the living, and you would have to go on. Uh, so Sarah and I will try to figure out who your type is later on, based on a series of uh, yes or no questions. Ooh, okay, I like. All this. right, here's Tim Riley. Meanwhile, Elizabeth Hasselback accidentally sends a picture of her nipple to family and friends. <laughs> I. <laughs> smiles for the first time. I reached for the iPhone. I had just right. been feeding him and I took the photo and he had this huge, huge smile and it was the cutest picture. So immediately I forwarded it to everyone in my family distribution list. My mom, my dad, my brother, Tim's dad, his brother, his mom, his other brother. And I send it to myself because I'm on the list. So I get home after we get home from the hospital and I open up the photo to see, oh, let's see my cute little guy. Yeah, no wonder why he's smiling because my nipple is in the photo. <laughs> So it's only a matter of time before that shows up on the internet, by the way. No, but don't worry, because awkwardly, my father-in-law and my brother-in-laws both saw it, too. So this is, like, really not something you should do. It's worse than drunk dialing. Two forward pictures, postpartum. 
Okay, here's how I knew this story. Because I went to Google Trends yesterday where you can see what they're searching for. Uh, and looking up nipples. Elizabeth Hasselbeck nipple, that search term was like the five, the top five results were all uh, for Elizabeth Hasselbeck's nipples. Uh, and yes, I did go on the internet and try to find a picture. And uh, no, I couldn't. Because she's only sent it to their family, but that's just a matter of time till that leaks Oh, you out. know they can't like her very much. Oh, no. Somebody's, yeah, because <laughs> she, she just seems like such a C. So somebody's going to be uh, forwarding that. Boy, she's... She is really hot. I wish she would just shut up long enough that I could find her hot for extended periods of time, though. She's hot until she speaks, and then and then she's just so unsexy because she's just so goddamn dumb uh, that uh, if she would just remain silent, I think it would be a lot easier to find her uh, sexy for protracted uh, periods of time. Hi, Rick Emerson. Show who's this? Uh, my name's Joe. Hey, Joe. How can I help you? Uh, well, basically, I just heard that you guys were talking about doing, like, the Mythbusters uh, balloon lift-off deal. Right. My parents actually own a, a, a balloon warehouse called the Balloon Fair out in Troutdale. A and balloon warehouse? Bars, yeah. They actually supply like Albertsons and Safeways and stuff with all the balloons and floral stuff. That's they interesting. Have, like, I, nev- balloons? I never really thought that there would be an actual industry around that, although I guess now that I think about it, it makes sense. <laughs> Believe uh, it or not, there is. And there's like clowns and everything show up out there. It's really creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine <laughs> how that would be the case. Uh, so how many balloons are at this warehouse of your parents? Uh, you know what? It's a, it's a huge place. They actually just upgraded to a larger warehouse uh, a couple years ago. So, I mean, they can get any size balloon you, you're looking it's for. It's like the Warehouse 13 of, of balloons. So, this is. Yeah. So, you are, you are thinking that they, they slash you slash the warehouse might be able to lend a hand uh, in, in the, the big dangle rick over the city uh, stunt. You know, it's possible. You probably have to call my dad and ask. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't really know how I would explain that. It, it seems like this is a, the sort of thing that looks good on paper, that sounds good in theory. But then, yeah. uh, no, as, no, no, it's a great idea. <laughs> have you ever, let me ask you this, sir, what's the biggest balloon they stock? Uh, you know, offhand, I honestly couldn't tell you. I know that they've used, um, like, there's a clown that goes in there and gets, like, these, I swear to God, the things like the size of, a, a like, a four-year-old child. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, but uh, they can get a hold of pretty much any size balloon because they have all the connections, I you know, like within the, the industry. They uh, they're tied into the whole balloon cabal. Do the accepting the size of the Hindenburg would be nice. Where is the uh, warehouse located? It's located out in Troutdale. Okay, uh, I'll tell you what. I'm going to put you on hold, and I'm going to have Greg get your contact info and or maybe the the info for for your parents, or at least like the business office or something. And we'll uh, we may take you up on this, sir. All right. All right, hold on one second. Don't go anywhere. Okay. That's a great idea. Fantastic. It is a fantastic idea. I just love the idea that there's a whole warehouse full of balloons somewhere. (laughs) Uh, All right, coming up at the top of the hour, TMZ. Marco Gonzalez from TMZ will join us. More news from Tim Riley on the ways there. Stay there. We're uh, live from Portland. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. Welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from TMZ, Mr. Marco Gonzalez. Good morning, sir. How are you? 
Good morning. How are you guys? I am fantastic. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to plead a little bit of ignorance right now that it's been such a busy day here that I, I don't even uh, know what you guys are talking about in terms of breaking news. I just assume it's nothing but balloon guy news, but who knows? I could be way off. What uh, what is topper? What is what is toppermost at uh, TMZ right now? What are you talking about, balloon guy? No, I'm kidding. Of course, everybody's talking about this balloon drama. I tell you. Well, you know, the Heaney family, I mean, they now there's even more proof that they just wanted to be reality stars. And yesterday, you know, we, we saw that, you know, several uh, production companies had been approached by the family saying, you know, we want this show and this and that. Well, we found realitywanted.com. It's this website. And Heaney had actually posted a profile of himself saying that he is the next big reality star. Wow. I mean, this guy is so screwed if you think about it because, you know, he has so many possible charges that could be coming his way, all for a publicity stunt. And he has three boys. Uh, just think of, you know, the kind of example he's setting. It's just, it's really sad. Well, the odd thing is, he sort of is the star of his own reality show now, just not in a way he wanted or anticipated, probably. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a reality wreck. You know I mean, that's I mean? the thing. It's like, he, he's really on his, you know what it is? He's on his own specialized, uh, elongated episode of Cops right now. Yeah, ex exactly. And I mean, these these penalties could be huge. I mean, five hundred thousand dollar fine, possibly. Not to mention if it's an, if it's deemed a hoax officially, there's payback, there's restitution. All these agencies who you know dropped everything to help and try to save this boy who was never in this balloon, there's a bill, and someone's got to pay for it. Now, is it just him, or does does the wife seem to be in on this too, or is she just sort of, or is the view that she just had to go along with it, or was she an active participant? Do you think? You know, I don't think that that is going to fly there. I think they're both in, a, in on it together. They haven't decided, or they haven't announced, I should say, who's going to be arrested. But they're saying, you know, the parents, uh, you know, plural, right. are going to be looked at. So, you know, both of them could be could be facing some serious stuff. Has anybody uh, checked with this acting school in L.A. and Hollywood where they supposedly met and seen kind of, you know, what their what their instructors thought of them? You know, we just, we've heard that he was always very, very animated and ambitious to get on TV. I mean, we're looking into all the other aspects, and you can see on TMZ.com, we just have update after update, and it's kind of, we were making a joke on the show last night, it's kind of become the new John and Kate. <laughs> it's like, John and Kate, who's that? We got Balloon Boy now. I mean, it's just, it's so dramatic, but speaking of which, the um, another reality family could be coming to the screen, and we have this, you know, we broke this, David Hasselhoff's family. <laughs> Would you watch this? Um, you mean in terms of like having their own reality TV show? Yeah, exactly. They are in talks right now with A&E. And this actually came prematurely because their daughter Haley on her Twitter page actually Twittered last Friday. We just signed the deal with A&E. Wow. So, well, I mean, look at that Lorenzo Lamas show can can be on. And it's not like I don't dislike. I mean, I don't I don't care. It's not like I have a problem with Lorenzo Lamas, but I don't think anybody was really actively campaigning for them to be on television. If they can yeah. get a show, the Hasselhoffs can. Exactly. And, you know, leave it to the llamas. And, I mean, it's just one of those shows. And then, the, you know, obviously his his ex, uh, Shauna Sands, and the, and the sex tape. It's just, you know, people feed off this, and then they become stars on their own, you know, show. And then we <laughs> should end it by taking David. Oh, here's what we should do. There should be a reality show where at the end, uh, when you are voted off, it's not like you have to pack up your stuff and leave the island. When you're voted off, they just tether you to a giant balloon and just kick you off a cliff, and then you float away off into the horizon. There you go. I think you have something here. There I you think go. you should be a producer. That's what I'm talking about. All right, Marco Gonzalez from TMZ. You can see TMZ television tonight, 1130 on Fox 12, right here in Portland or online, of course, anytime at TMZ.com. Thank you, sir. You got it. Have a good one. You too. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO. Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. 
That's right. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to join us tomorrow when our guests will include Ryan White from uh, the Oregonian. We'll also do uh, Top 5 tomorrow as well. I'm so confused because it, so we had the, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy guy on today, which I had originally thought was going to be tomorrow. But does that mean that there actually is somebody tomorrow that I thought was today? I don't know. You were the one who went all crazy deleting stuff in our calendar. That's, I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. That is me. I uh, yeah, We, we have yeah. a centralized online calendar where we store the guest stuff, and I inadvertently deleted some, like, like weeks and weeks of stuff. Uh, we do have someone tomorrow. Give me just a minute. I'll figure That's it out. not a big deal. It's, I'm just, uh, you know, it's, I'll probably delete it again by the end of the day. So there's there's no, no point in looking it up. I just, yeah, I just blanked out days and days worth of guest stuff. Five zero three two two eight. I shouldn't be allowed to touch that thing anymore. I it's, it, that is like to me. We were trying to figure out what the it, modern equivalent is of the VCR blinking twelve for the old person, and I think it's me trying to figure out some sort of centralized uh, the calendar because I spent like an hour trying to get my Mac to, to to sync up with the online guest calendar, and then I ended up erasing everything. All right, yeah. Tomorrow we have uh, David Kochner. Oh, right. Okay, so he's the sports guy from Anchorman. Yeah, oh, I and love like him. SNL and yeah. The Office. Yeah, he's on tons of stuff. He's awesome. hilarious. Awesome. It's 503-228-4101. Thank you for joining us at the news desk. It's your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Hello again. Good morning, everyone. It is uh, 825 right now. Going to be cloudy today. High temperatures near 60 degrees. Sad but true, the Made in Oregon sign has been turned off indefinitely. Turned off. It is because they cannot find a tenant who is willing to pay $20,000 a year for the maintenance of the uh, white stag sign. So, I don't know what else to tell you. They looked around, it's a bad economy, so off it goes. Now the city is in talks to, uh, to try to take over the sign and just have Portland on it because they think it'll look good. I, uh, so now I, uh, Aren't there lots of rich people here? <laughs> Like just so wait, donate twenty thousand. Wait, so they've just turned it off? Yes, it's off. As they're, of now, their yes. dinner is important. Where you donate like two thousand dollars a plate, like that's just times ten. That's just, that's just weird. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, all right. So uh, make sure you're joining us today because the real world is coming to town, and uh, we're going to be d- down there. This is uh, begins at eleven o'clock this morning. Is eleven correct? to uh, eleven to five actually. So we're going to be at the. Uh, we're not going to be for the whole time. I mean, it's not. It's not really our deal as no, such, it isn't. but. We just um, happen to be stumbling across. We're going to be uh, we're going to be there, just sort of talking to folks. The open casting call for the next season of MTV's The Real World is happening at Grand Central Bowl today, eleven a.m. to five p.m. And so we're going to be down there, um, pointing a camera at uh, and asking questions of various hopefuls. Now, these hopefuls may include uh, you. So, if you're between the ages of eighteen and twenty-four, I think they're especially looking for people who can't walk correctly or something. Are they looking for people who are physically who are handicapable? Yes. Whatever. These Not necessarily you, the beautiful people this time around. They no, I people. no. But if you're a hot handicapped person, you presumably have uh, you have a leg up there. So I don't know if you find yourself kind of stumping around or whatever. Uh, you know, and you're between the ages of eighteen to twenty four. And if you're photogenic, you might want to get yourself on down to Grand Central Bowl sometime today between eleven a.m. and five p.m. And right now we are uh, going to give away some passes that'll let you jump to the front of that audition line. It's five zero three two two eight four one zero one five zero three. 228-4101 VIP passes for the real world casting. They uh, let you jump the line and get yourself relatively uh, close to the action there, so you don't have to wait for hours and hours like everybody else. 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. For the first five people to call in, you get yourself jumped to the front of the line passes uh, for the real world auditions, which are happening today, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Here's Tim Bradley. So, Balloon Boys, parents are not been arrested yet, and it could be next week before they have all the charges together. In the meantime... More material from Richard Heaney is coming across on the internet. 
And I, I was looking for these DVDs. Apparently, he sold DVDs to the uh, the science detective series he made. Some parts of it are online, including uh, this rocket launching. Here's Richard Heaney launching a rocket. Whoa! <laughs> I kill you all. <laughs> Wow. Oh, That's like wow. the sound as he is tying you to the railroad track, but before he twirls his mustache. So here's the theme song from Science Detective. And I guess uh, Richard teamed up with a composer named Smokey Miles to come up with now, this in 2005. Is Science Detective an actual TV series or was this something in his head? But it was <laughs> so this was just for like a pitch. Yes. And his wife edited out some pieces of it that she put on uh, okay. right. YouTube. So here's the theme song. It's catchy. You'll like it. When you want to learn the mysteries of how things work. Everybody. Did that it is say kids screaming in the background. Wow. The history of weather and violence. I I'm I, I Do don't I don't really know what he's talking about there in certain parts because I was just distracted by the fact that he's doing that white guy thing of surrounding himself with the sassy black soul singers. Shaking you know? their butts. That's what that particular thing is. Like if you can't really the sing. Richard Heaney <laughs> You're shaking their heenies. You oh, just, Richard Heaney. You do the Mick Jagger thing. If you, uh, if you really aren't able to sing yourself, you just get some, you know, you flank yourself, uh, you know, with the soul singers behind you to make you sound as though you actually have some soul of your own, which he clearly does not. Um, but that was just part of a, like, a package he put together to try to make the show happen. Right. right? And yeah. then there was a second idea, because everybody wants their own home improvement show, so why not Richard Heaney? Of course. So he, was, he had a second idea here. Now, there's no video on this, and as far as we know, no video has ever been done on Richard Heaney, the contractor. <laughs> but just in case, he had a theme song done for it, if there was. Of course. If you have a house or home, a factory, or a dome. A dome? A dome. Yes. There's just channeling Bob Dylan. What is, what, what, what is that presumably for? Is it a television Richard program? Richard the contractor. So this... Wanted, because all these... He's like a Ty Pennington show. kind of thing, in right? In his own brain, yes. Okay. Yes. In it, well, I mean, all of this... He's his own Ty Pennington. All of this is through his own brain. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with this stuff because this is how shows come out. Oh, up. no. Trust me. No, look. Hey, yeah. it, it, this has only been unmasked. This is behind the curtain. Can, I think we can... Because he's taken things a step too far. I think we... <laughs> Basically, he's gone to an unacceptable. There's nothing wrong with any of this till now. Until you start sending your children theoretically up in a balloon and costing the government seventeen thousand dollars because they have to send a Black Hawk helicopter after and you. And there was no theme song for this one. No, there should have been. I wonder if he had like a balloon, a guy, you know, boy balloon in the balloon kid? theme that he's working on. I wonder if that'll come out. If that's if they're going to find a four track up in his basement where he's. Oh, they were the Storm Kids. Remember the rap show for the Storm Chasers? That's Storm right. Kids? He had we his had kids that. rapping a theme for that. So I wonder. Those are three shows. I wonder if there was some song in its embryonic state that he had 
for this if it hadn't all, you know, my boy went up in a balloon one day and I had to chase him down. La, 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 wow, 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 and got the show off the ground. Something. Like you should totally write a song in the moment when I'm dragging you behind my scooter with a bunch of balloons. I could be singing, sing I could be performing, you can be carrying it along on a, on a boombox behind me. There you go. But Tim has a really good point here, which is that... As much as we're making fun, this is no different from what, and it's and it's unfair to also just pick on L.A. or Hollywood for this. This is no different from what any any number of people, many uh, people, many of those folks are in this room. Uh, the people have done through the years, which is the you know what tremendous at, crap they were all ashamed of, at, individually and collectively. Now, why do you got to turn it all negative? I wasn't going to put it that way. That's uh, the, well, that is the downside. Not that that's not the case. Right. I have done many, many, many things of which I am ashamed. Uh, and uh, I mean, you do many fine, work. and also some failed projects as well. Uh-huh. Uh, but, but I mean, it, it's a thing that sounds corny when you say it out loud, but it is really true. I was actually ta- I was talking there, to somebody. There's nothing wrong with being ambitious until you go too far. That's the and thing. You need plenty of ambition to do these sorts. Of I things. was talking to somebody the other day who uh, is a a, uh, a reasonable. I would say they are a successful person in their field, and we were talking about something or other, and they they said, you know, the deal is. Uh, They said, you know, you just got to figure out that you just got to put your mind to it and decide that you're going to do it and whatever. And we were talking about people, uh, you know, who kind of get uh, turned down or rejected in show business or whatever. And but this guy made the point. He goes, it's like, again, it's a corny thing, but it's true. He said, you know, the deal is you just got to keep trying and you got to just try one more time than you fail. And, you know, and if you get up one more time, than you fall and all of that stuff, which, again, can seem a little cheesy, except that that is clearly what this guy's doing. And that's what any number of celebrities do. You know, well, I want to be a singer. Well, that's not working. I'll be a dancer. I'll try a TV show. Uh, How about a variety show? I'll be on the Internet. And you just do one thing after another until eventually something works. The only key is you got to try not to do something that's going to cost the government like half a billion dollars to come uh, rescue a piece of tinfoil out of the air. And you really shouldn't do it to kids. And try not to endanger your children uh, while looking like a mad scientist while you're doing it. But uh, otherwise, you know, there's nothing wrong with ambition, as Tim says. So, anyway. There you go. Richard Heaney. Weather guy and scientist extraordinaire. This email says, Rick, about your balloon experiment. (laughs) Does Sarah have some secret life insurance policy on you? Why is she so intent on hurting you? Hurting us wants you to float a little bit. This You want me to fly. This one says, uh, Rick, where there's a successful balloon experiment, it ends with a press conference being held up as a nudnik in front of the entire country and your kids being taken away. When there's an unsuccessful balloon experiment, it ends with a sponge, an eyedropper, and a Darwin watch. Please do not prove Darwin right. Well, I think we uh, we don't even really know how many balloons it would take. That's the thing. Like oh. that is what's standing in front in the in between us and getting this done. Oh, it's attainable. But I but you wouldn't even know how many balloons to buy. Well, Greg was saying he talked to somebody who carries balloons that each balloon that they have can hold like fifteen pounds of weight. Is this the warehouse, the secret balloon warehouse yeah. in the in in Troutdale or Tualatin so or whatever? Like, what, 12 of those to you? Yeah, I mean, well, you got to factor in the... See, this because it gets very complicated. you got to figure out the uh, how much does the rope weigh. And by the way, there's going to be two of those. There's not, not going to be one safety tether. I demand two safety tethers uh, if this would happen. Also, the weight of my clothing, uh, the weight of the harness. Greg, what is up with this uh, the balloon thing? So you said you found at this warehouse they have balloons that will hold 15 pounds each. Yeah, they're 8 foot, apparently 8 foot, I don't know, diameter <laughs> balloons. And each one will lift fifteen pounds. So, so I if mean, you have one on every side of you that lift oh, thirty so pounds. Funny. What do we do with the rest of the, the we can make like a big balloon chair for you? So I, I mean, if you if you factored in again my clothing, the harness, the ropes themselves. See, this would take the Hindenburg. It. Uh, I mean, you'd probably you'd still need probably fifteen of those things. 
You know, I mean, and that's, uh, which, that's 180 pounds, which, I mean, all things being equal, it probably is me. So 15 times 8 feet is how many feet? A balloon? Lots and lots of balloons. Well, I think that's in diameter, right? That's 8 feet around or circumference. I think think it was diameter. Diameter. So we'll just stack them on top of each other. Yeah. Well, yeah, thanks. By the way, the thing with the parachute is, aren't those parachute rings in the front? (laughs) Yes. So if you're hooking these balloons to the parachute (laughs) rings, I'm going to be, I'm going to be like Vincent D'Onofrio in the cell dangling from meat hooks through my nipples. From a ceiling. I won't tell you where the girl is. I mean, that's just freaky. I'm going to look like Trent oh, Reznor. I just bought that movie the other day. Yeah. So, I, there's, there's many. I see many problems with this. Oh. I see many reasons we shouldn't. I see um, many opportunities. I. Okay. Straight ahead, we have more news from Tim Riley. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. We're back after this. Sorry, I was all distracted by the fact that tomorrow we're going to be interviewing the uh, the Saw guy, the uh, the guy who plays uh, Jigsaw in the Saw franchise. So, which, by the way, which we had that confirmed yesterday that we're going to be talking to Tobin Bell, who plays uh, you know he plays Jigsaw, and so I had all these weird Saw dreams last night. That's I've never a seen any that'll... of the Saw movies. It just look too gross. They're they're kind of disturbing. I uh, you know, and some are better than others, but they're all. Yeah, they're all oogie, as Annie Wilkes would say. So I was having all these weird saw dreams in any event. And so I just, I, and so I was just now at Wikipedia, I was just looking up his picture. And then I, just, and then it's the thing where you flash back to the creepy dream you had. All right, we're going to move on. I hold here in my hands a can of Viso. This is uh, Viso Dynamo. That's a flavor that I've been drinking a lot of lately. Concord grape and grapefruit uh, is what this is. And actually on... Um, Sunday afternoon, I was in the I was in at Beaverton. I was meeting the friend of there for lunch, and while we were there, a listener came up and uh, introduced himself and said they loved the show. A guy named Jeff, and he and I were talking about Viso, and he is right now drinking Viso Will. And of course, they've added more fruit juice to Viso recently. They've augmented the recipe. They've added even more fruit juice to it. So as you go pick up your can of Viso, whether it's uh, Will or whether it's Star, or whether it's Vigor, whether it's Dynamo, you're going to notice that the taste is even fruitier. It's got a more of a uh, a pure juice taste to it, but it's still got all your vitamins. It's got your minerals. It's got calcium, potassium. It's made right here in Portland. It is all natural. You can turn it around. You look at the ingredients on the back, and it tells you the whole story. Vitamin A, D, E, B1, 2, 3, 6, 12, all of that, 100%, all the way down the list. Some of it's got caffeine. Some of it doesn't. Some of it is organically sweetened. Some of it's low-cal, but it's all made right here in Portland. You can find out more about it at drinkviso.com, D-R-I-N-K. V-I-S-O.com. You can get it at Plaid Pantry, 7-Eleven, or the cold section of all Portland Fred Meyer locations. Viso, now with even more of everything good. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Do not give nuts to children under six. This is Rock 101. Well, then I'm just going to take my nuts and go home. K-U-F-O. That never gets any less disturbing. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. 4101. All right. So, during, was that during the break uh, that we took that to, uh, the call from the guy who was talking about the harness putting all the, the pressure on the junk? Yes, indeed. All right. We might play that back here in a second. We had a uh, guy called during the break. He wasn't able to hold on. So, we uh, we had a little call with him where he was describing. He said that basically the layout of those harnesses is such that it puts the pressure on a, a delicate section of the male anatomy. So, we uh, we may or may not have a chance to listen back to that. But it does... 
That raises some serious issues about how it is I'm going to be strapped into this thing if these balloons are used to be hoisting me off the ground. All in all, this seems like a thing that maybe is a, a better theory than, uh, than no. an actual practice. No, it has no. to be done. <laughs> It must be done. We've talked about it too much to not have it. It's now an inevitability. It uh, it now must take place. It's not just inevitable. It's possible. So, I mean, why shouldn't we do it if it's possible? Well, uh, okay. I guess that's a fair question. Uh, I, I mean, okay. I only wonder if maybe this is a thing we haven't thought all the way through. I mean, what is the worst? When people say, well, what's the worst that could happen? What is the worst that could happen? Float into a building. Nothing could happen to us. Float. <laughs> the worst that could happen is that it... Yes, balloons it, pop and then you fall into a road and you get run over by a truck. The worst that could happen was we can no longer see you. I suppose that's all you a relative state of affairs, too. The, if you had, like, you the... stuck on top of, I don't know, like a flagpole. But see, you me... yourself on a tree. <laughs> Me floating into a building isn't really the worst thing that could happen, though. Because floating into a building, that's actually not that bad. Because it's not like I'd be swung into the building, you know, like at the end of a wrecking ball. Or something. Floating into a building, how fast could I possibly so be floating, even with a stiff wind? Higher and higher and higher, and the pressure would pop your balloons, and you'd fall to your untimely demise. See, I don't think that's true either. I don't know that that would happen. I think the worst that could happen, I keep saying power line, and you guys keep dis- <laughs> just, just, just disregarding that. Like it's not a, something that is You'll a... You'll be like you know. a squirrel that walks across and electrocutes Why can't you get a, a small parachute that... That fits right on. It doesn't weigh very much. I wore one of those when I went up in one of those uh, Red Baron airplanes when they were flipping them around with the open cockpit. Yeah, but I think... Why don't you strap yourself to one of the balloons so if all the rest of them pop, you have a cushion? Because I don't think that would... Okay, that's not even a serious suggestion. That sounds like something in a Roadrunner cartoon. You're just being contrary now. At the uh, news desk, let's pay a final visit to your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It's 8.51. It's going to be cloudy today. Highs near 60. The Vancouver City Council gives thumbs up to Columbia River waterfront development. There's going to be a big waterfront park, hotel rooms, retail stores, and restaurants. People will come from all over the world. Groundbreaking begins in 2012. Three misguided teenagers have been arrested. Charged with starting a grass fire in Bethany. Now, these teens, one's 14, the two others 15, decided they're going to smoke themselves some marijuana. And the effect of that caused them to light three small fires for their own amusement. Well, it quickly got out of hand, and, well, things got bad quickly. It burned four PGE power poles before it was brought under control and damaged some playground equipment. They won't be doing that again soon. By the way, these text messages say, uh, first one says, it sounds like these are the makings for the Sarah Dillon show. The next one is suggesting that I use the uh, balloons to float across the river. Oh, that's a great idea. I like that. That's a, yeah, it's a fantastic idea. The next one says, uh... A secret balloon warehouse in Troutdale. Are you really trusting your life to Gresham Balloons? Troutdale is the Malala of uh, of East County. I hadn't really thought about that, that if I were to perish, that not only would uh, would then uh, you all uh, take over the reins of the show yourself, but then, uh, you know, you would have the, the sympathy of a nation on your side, unlike you can, uh, the guy in Colorado. Maybe you can get a sponsor and you can have, like, a flag attached to you. <laughs> I'd be sort of carrying it along behind me. Yeah. You know, back on the Made in Oregon thing for a second. So is that as of, like, this very moment that the sign is off or they're going yes. to turn it off? No, it's off. Doesn't somebody own that sign? Yes, the landlord. He said he can't find anyone to rent it to for $20,000. No, but, but that... I know we have this discussion, like, once a month, but I still don't get it. The University of Oregon is renting it. Doesn't it say University of Oregon now? No, they backed out of the deal. No, they backed out. I thought it still said that across the bottom, though. I don't know, but they backed out of the deal. 
Yeah, they see, are no longer involved. So they're no longer involved at all. I no. I, I was under the impression that it actually had that already on it, though. I and, didn't think so. Last time I saw it, it still said "Made in Oregon" with the stag. But I mean, across the but I mean, across the bottom, though. In other words, like the license plate frame. I thought that the the wraparound of it they had already added the the University of Oregon thing uh, across the bottom. In which case, it would say, "Well, I guess if they're not paying, they're not paying." Here's what I don't get: so they're turning off the "Made in Oregon" sign. Because the landlord, I guess, or the guy who owns it can't currently, uh, you know, afford, you know, to keep it lit, and there's the economy and so forth. You know what I would like to see? In fact, when Kelly Clark is here from the Willamette on Thursday, you know what I would like for somebody to figure out? I would like for somebody to determine in this down economy exactly how much money it costs to keep all of the buildings in downtown Portland lit 24 hours a day. You know, from like, I don't know, 9 p.m. or whatever when it's dark to 6 a.m. when the sun comes up again. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I mean, the, the skyline of it, you know, the, 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 the skyline of a city looks beautiful and all that. It does. This is one of the better ones, but, I think. Uh, but just, I would be curious to know how much money it costs every year to keep those buildings lit for the nine hours that it's dark and no one is working in them. I bet it's, I mean, I bet that's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of, of dollars a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got to be. Uh, that says, uh, Rick, you ought to be using kiteboarding equipment. Similar concept, but rather than a parachute, you use balloons. Yeah, but see, but then I'm just, but see, the more equipment like that, like a kite, you ask, or something you add, I guess he doesn't mean maybe the board. He means the actual, just like the harness. For those guys mm. that do the, those are the guys that do the, oh, the uh, parasailing kind the of? parasailing stuff, like on the gorge. Boy, that's just terrifying. Oh, I would love to do that. See, if I close my eyes, I can, I can picture myself sort of like you guys getting smaller as I'm just sort of leaving the ground and zooming straight up. We'd wave. Yes, I'm sure you would. And then I'm picturing me taking the clippers in my hand and going up and either snipping, either dropping the clippers, you know, the shears, or cutting too many balloons at once and just plummeting straight back down to the ground. But if we had somebody below you carrying this giant air mattress with a red X on it? Yes. Carrying one of those, like the the, like the fireman's nets or whatever? Mm-hmm. All right. That'll work. Let's do uh, one more here and then we will uh, wrap this up. So, uh, so far, it looks like it might be next week before the Balloon Boy's parents are arrested for anything. They're piling up the charges against him. Their attorney uh, says if he's arrested in front of his little kids, it'll be child abuse. Oh, yes, is Matt Lauer? How about putting those kids on TV to lie? Isn't that too child abuse? If, in fact, it turns out that the Heenies put their children on television and made them a part of this scheme, which included lying to the public, that would be child abuse as well, wouldn't it? You know, uh, that that is for uh, social services to determine. Uh, putting their kids on TV, you know, there's certainly plenty of worse cases of child abuse that I can talk really? about. Really? Is that wow. the best defense we can come up with? Excellent. Uh, final email. It says, Rick, you'll have no problem if you run into a single power line. Now, if you hit two power lines, that would be bad, because I guess that's the day when you cross the whatever. He said, unless you have one power line you hit and there's a rope going to the ground, that would be bad. So my choices are don't hit any power lines at all ever. Don't even risk it or risk it, but don't have a rope tethering me to the ground at all. That's great. Don't forget Friday, the uh, uh, the KUFO half-off sale uh, updates. The KUFO half-off sale, uh, that updates at KUFO.com. KUFO.com. That is as of this Friday at uh, 9 a.m. And uh, right now, if you are caller 10 at 503-228-4101, you're going to win yourself a $20 gift certificate to Value Village. And you're going to win one of those before you can buy it. But, of course, you'll be able to get those for half off at KUFO.com. This Friday at 9 a.m., if you were caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101, you win one of those 
before you can buy it. We want to thank uh, CNN Radio correspondent. Oh, I'm sorry. That was uh, that was something we ended up not doing. CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop, who we did not speak with today, but who we will be speaking with tomorrow. We do want to talk to Owen Colfer, um, or uh, to uh, thank Owen Colfer, who we did speak with today, author of the new Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book, uh, as well as John Taylor from Movies.com, Marco Gonzalez from TMZ. Tomorrow, join us when our guests will include Ryan White from The Oregonian and also Tobin Bell from the Saw series. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen for Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phones. Greg Nibbler, uh, the gatekeeper, Dave Zinn, the webmistress, Bridget from upstairs. Alpha Broadcasting Marketing Guru, Susan, don't F with me, Reynolds, and of course, executive producer, Christopher J. Paddock. Coming up next, Smells Like the 90s with our good friend Buzz, Court and Fatboy this afternoon from 3 until 7. It is Tuesday, October 20th, 2009, and that is the frequency, Kenneth. As always, be safe. Thanks for listening. See you all tomorrow. Watch out for snakes. Bye. Parents need to be aware that kids are calling it by the more popular slang term, butt hash. KUFO Portland. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.